And we are coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, is Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by... Nope. nope. We got Big Ball of Souls today. The Mask Chris Massey. And the Red Baron. <laughs> yeah, he's having technical... He didn't even get off the tarmac today. <laughs> and the Red Baron. doesn't work when you do it like that. That was a good sound. Thank you. It's like a sputtering... Uh... Uh, propeller. Yeah. yeah. Good. Souls, how are you today? I am... Good. <laughs> Excellent. No one can see us doing it. That's okay. You just got yourself for the best. Ten points for you, Souls. Mass, how are you today? Now, right. how will you be at the end of this football game? How are you now? I'm all right. Why are you guys wearing your colorless jerseys? We both are. It's Monday Night Football. I know. Didn't anybody get the memo that this is a Thursday night thing? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ten more points for Souls there. Ten more points. <laughs> Racking them up early. Baron, Red, how are you? <sighs> I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. It is a, a very uh, happy, belated birthday to our fearless leader, the Riddler. One, one day removed on a recording of 11-25-2019. You know, in like, like almost three years of doing this, everybody's got a post on Instagram for their birthday except for me. Yep. Well, I mean, Mass hasn't. This is too new. You know, I'm going to be honest. I think I'm the only one who's actually got a no, birthday. No, I think Kyle got one one time. <laughs> oh, God. No one knows when your birthday is. Isn't it like February 29th? Ha! Not real every four years. She was born. <laughs> <laughs> it is real every four years. I got uh, the reaction I wanted. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it was good. Um. So, uh, what are you what are you drinking, guys? Well, today, from Thomas Hooker Brewing. Was there an L in there? I did say Thomas. Thomas. Oh. From Thomas Hill Brewing. The ever so delicious. Super duper double citra. I like that because he's now had this beer a bunch of times. It's obviously his favorite, and yet he still paused to look at the can to see what it was. No, no, no. I have to make sure I say it right. Okay. Just like with the That's ranch. A, with the ranch. And the. Right. Uh, whoa! All right. uh, Another one. 10? Oh, look at that guy on the TV. Another 10? Another 10. Another 10. Mass, what are you drinking? A lot of bourbon. Minus 10 for Mass. He didn't do it. Well, yeah, but with the beer you're drinking. All right. I am, uh, I've been gifted the Lizard King Mosaic Hopped Pale Ale from Pipeworks Brewing. Good thing your beer review is right now so you didn't see what happened. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Yeah, he does have a lot of bourbons, though. He, he made the mistake of texting me, a liquor salesman. Hey, do you have any good brown whiskeys I could try? Because I'm trying to get into them. <laughs> yeah, I do. So the brown whiskey line of today is Noble Oak Double Oak Bourbon Blade and Bow. Uh, Kentucky single barrel Kentucky spirits is wild turkey Kentucky Ken- <laughs> wild turkey single barrel Kentucky spirit Bib and Tucker small batch Crown Royal Deluxe Oban Little Bay single malt Scotch and Balvini fourteen year old Korean rum cask. We're not drinking all of them. Nice pull well, of douche. We do have to like take a bourbon work. shot for the Riddler's birthday. What? We have to take a bourbon shot for your birthday. Uh, look at that douche's polo. 
Did you come from work too, Rebecca? <laughs> Camel toe. Makes me wish that I just uh, like, hey, I'd like to have some brown liquor today. And Paul presents me with a. The difference is, if, if I hand you this, there's no chance you throw up. False. What do you mean? Shut up. Um, oh, he's getting it. <laughs> Whoa! I still love you. Um, you you guys know my history with the brown liquor. I don't. <laughs> Why did you say oh, it that way? Because that's how he normally With the brown liquor. I mean, I did like it. Because <laughs> that's how he normally says it. Massey, says you, it. you know Massey can't handle the brown liquor. <laughs> so I, I helped uh, kill a handle of Tennessee honey with them and then died. Ooh. Yeah, it's not really brown liquor. It's golden. Like white, it's white liquor with honey. All right, flavor. so that. What are you drinking over there, Red Bear? The Riddler gifted me my favorite thing of all time. The Miller High Life, but not just a normal Miller High Life. Uh, as of last year, they came out with a champagne-filled uh, uh, bottle. I said that's really long. The beer in a, a champagne-type bottle. Yeah, it's a 750 milliliter yeah. Bordeaux bottle. Uh, High Life being the champagne of beers is very appropriate to be bottled this way. And he bought me a case, something I always wanted, and now I have 12 of them. Rebecca, what's going on with your hair right now? <laughs> hey, Amass, just real quick uh, public service announcement. I know that you, much like Mock, who is not with us today, Loves the sound of the cork squeak and pop, but when you twist the cork and then pull it sideways, it breaks off. And yeah, if you break off a cork into one of these. I'm gonna break off my foot in your ass. <laughs> it was a very good dad thing I just did. <laughs> I am drinking from the Goose Island Brewery, the Whiteout Can, Paper Umbrella. It's a tropical IPA. Didn't didn't know that. Hmm. First word says coconut. Yeah, hit him with the ah. Uh. Oh. Hit him with the uh uh. Uh uh. Hit him with the uh uh. Uh uh. Uh uh. uh. <laughs> it's gonna be three uh. hours of this. <laughs> so, in f- I have pretty, my expectations went from pretty high to pretty low. Uh, it's gonna be pretty delicious solid. in terms of the solid of beer, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like this flavor. It's a coconutty, pineapple y, hoppy pear. I'm pretty much drinking Malibu beer. <laughs> Kendall, I found out the cello distributor, they uh they now distribute sixteen ounce pre made bloody Marys in a can. Really? Now that is a game changer. Mm. Is it any good? I don't know, I haven't had it. Hmm. No celery though. Because I could see myself doing that a lot. Yeah. Well Wake Kendall, up. I think you can see yourself doing anything a lot. It's actually just a can of old bay seasoning. And then they just <laughs> they put vodka in it until it d- d- dissolves. It's all grainy. Mm. I'd still probably drink that. They should do like little little cans of just shots, not not fox, little cans. Well, that that exists. Remember that thing, Kyle, when we delivered those uh, rock and rye. Yes, oh, yeah. it's like a little I don't know what you call four ounce can yeah. or anything like that. That's basically what you're describing. Why would you want a shot in a can though? Why not? It's kind of unpleasant. Yeah, but like, you why would... shotgun it too? <laughs> a nip? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, there are the Rebecca's of the world who take six sips to do a nip, but. You could do it. Yeah. Actually, it'd probably take longer than that. No shot. One time we bought Rebecca a nip of and it took her a car ride to finish it. Now, okay. let's put that in perspective. Remember where we lived at Eastern? Mm-hmm. It pretty much took her from the Eastern dorms to Walmart to finish in it. She had no problem shoving it up her cooter, though. Right at the end. Gross. So are you off the air? Oh, I'm back. I fixed the mic. 
Mm. It was very quiet, so I couldn't hear anything in the headphones. All right, Souls, uh, Toast of Excellence, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? You know, I had one, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it to Urban Meyer? It wasn't Urban Meyer, but it was... I like the grunt. It wasn't Urban Meyer. Something important happened. But I can't remember what happened. <laughs> Come back to me. Was it to Frank Gore? No. But that was mine. <laughs> okay, so Matt, go ahead. What do you got? Uh, Frank Gore is now third all-time on the NFL rushing list. He's uh, like 1,600 yards behind Peyton, something like that. He'll make it there. Oh, I got mine. It's a lot. It's a lot of yards for him. That's, that's probably Frank it. Frank Gore is a cyborg, though. He's going to play longer than Brady. Probably not. I just don't know if he I, – I don't, I don't. I think his 800 rushing yard seasons are behind him now. Like, unless he goes to like – unless he just continues to go to teams that like – don't really have an established backfield, and he kind of keeps killing it in the first few games, <laughs> and then just does you know because like Singletary's the guy there now. Yeah, um, I think realistically, probably what like seven years. No, to... I think you could do it in three, maybe. Think so? Yeah, six hundred yards a year. You could do it. I don't know. Let's see, Red Bear. Uh, mine is actually like a toast of come on, man. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys saw the the Redskins. You know, finally won a game. Oh, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, you know, on the sideline after the interception, taking a selfie. Like, come on. Be aware. You know, the he missed, he missed the final kneel because of Yeah, that. so they had to have, like, a see that boy go out there. Or whatever his name is. Did you see that, Souls? He's Keenum. Did you see that? I did. Go did out, you see that? the final play. Yeah, he, it was the final play of the game, and he was taking a selfie with a fan, so Case Keenum had to go out there and take the kneel. That's actually kind of funny. You should get fined. I, like, I'm surprised. Like, maybe I'm not seeing – I just figured because – Everyone makes a big deal about everything. How is this not a big, big as of a deal? Because he's stupid. Now, is the is the focus really bad, or is the field like kind of repainted? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I think they must have played a college game. Not not cleaned up. My toast of excellence is to Ben Simmons for hitting a three, making a first career three. They're one to know when he makes a three. That's right. That's a real stat they put on TV. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. Mine's the Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook of the Chicago Blackhawks. Mine's who, the two for ten whoppers. Why? Yeah, what is that? What? Mine's the two for ten whoppers. I was also going to say Duncan Donuts. <laughs> That's what you just said. Yeah, what, but you were like... You know, whoppers are at Burger King, right? I didn't. Keith. I said Brent Seabrook and Keith. All right, whatever, pepperonis. What's your new nickname? Whoa! <laughs> All right, anyway, uh, they debuted on the same day together in 2003, I think it was, and now they, they both just became the second and third Chicago Blackhawks to eclipse the 1,100 game played mark. So there's only three of them. Stan, Mika, and then them. Did you just say Stanley Younes? No. Stanley Yelnats. <laughs> Whoa. Bulls reference. Whoa. Thanks. Did Matt. you know that Stanley Yelnats' name is the same forward and backwards? Yes. What are you talking about? What you talking about? <laughs> I cracked those motherfucking beers, y'all. <laughs> Everybody shake them first. Whoa. Oh, no, th- th- that's corked. We'll work with the foil on it. It's a, no, it's a cork. We work with the foil on it. It's a oh, I missed Why, you. Why, you want the foil on the bottle while you drink it? Yo, Matt, you well, should have Stop that. trying to have Goldschlager beer. <laughs> no, last time I, I peeled it 
And I was like, well, this is a waste of time. And then I could just open it like that. Yeah, you guys know that Derrick Henry owns the Jaguars. You know that you didn't think he was a good running back? He's not. <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> a pretty good, Kyle. He's good against the Jaguars. He's good in general. You know what's kind of Not sad having a good Ryan time with this. Heels doing good. Not liking him? I can feel the queasiness in my stomach. Best thing to do then is probably just keep pounding the shots down. Yeah, yeah I thought you were like sampled throughout the smoke. night. Yeah, just you're pounding them. <laughs> you're like almost halfway through. All right, so souls, break it down. Are we doing the football thing first, or are we doing this thing? This first. What football thing? We going over to week eleven? No, nah, we're skipping it this week. We, it's going to take too much time. Sorry, Kendall. I just like the music. We can do it five. Games happen. Teams won. Teams lost. The end. Do you want me to do it really quickly? Yes, I want. To, I just want to hear the music. I'll only do it because Mark's not here. He said he was Skyping it, but I don't think that's true. We'll see. Does anybody else think it's not true? I know it's not true. <sighs> Kendall, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. I know, I know. I'm just, just queuing it up. Oh, my other toast of excellence was to Zach Levine for becoming only the third player in NBA history to hit 13 threes in a game. Come on, you two. All right, everybody. Do something. Is this, is this real? <laughs> oh, guys, an error occurred. Please try again later. Oh, no, an err? An err. Up, up, up. We got to play an ad real quick. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, blah. We don't endorse Google Chromebook, but if we did, give us money. <laughs> Or Chromebooks. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Target is, though. Not a sponsor. <laughs> All right. On Thursday Night Football, DeAndre Hopkins' two touchdown grabs and Deshaun Watson's 298 yards through the air spoil Jacoby Brissett's return to the Indianapolis Colts as they fall short 17-20. to 20. Wasn't enough to get Kyle a fantasy win. On Sunday, the New York football giants fall short to the Chicago Bears 14-19. Trubisky has a better than usual, but still pretty terrible day. Giants suck. Allen Robinson, 131 yards and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley continues his struggles in the backfield. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers trounce the Atlanta Falcons, 35 to 22. Jameis Winston, 313 yards, three touchdowns and two picks. Godwin, a performance to be absolutely befuddled by. 184 yards, two touchdowns. Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan fucked me. Matt Ryan sucked. The Denver Broncos get. Pounced by the Bills, 20-3, as Josh Allen throws for 185 and two touchdowns, and Singletary adds 106 on the ground, and Cole Beasley, 76 yards through the air. The Pittsburgh Steelers win a sloppy one against the Cincinnati Bengals, 16-10. Duck Hodges, that's right, Duck Hodges. Replaces Mason Rudolph and throws for 118 yards and a touchdown in the win. The Cleveland Browns. Destroy the tanking Miami Dolphins. Baker Mayfield, 327 yards and three touchdowns. Nick Chubb, a century mark performance on the ground. Landry, a century mark performance through the air. The New Orleans Saints win a nail-biter against the Carolina Panthers, 34-31. Drew Brez throws for 311 yards and three touchdowns. Michael Thomas continues to set track towards the record with 10 receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. DJ Moore, also a good performance. 126, two touchdowns. The Raiders are stunned by the New York Football Jets, 34 to three, as Sam Darnold throws for 315 yards and two touchdowns. Derek Carr, Jacobs, and Richard all pedestrian performances. 
The Seattle Seahawks beat the Philadelphia Eagles 17-9. Russell Wilson, 200 yards and a touchdown. Rashad Penny, the big man on the ground, 129 and a touchdown. The Detroit Lions continue their losing ways without Matt Stafford as the struggling Redskins find another victory, 19-16. Dwayne Haskins, his first career start win with nobody doing really anything notable in this game except taking a selfie at the end. The Jacksonville Jaguars get owned by their daddy, D-Rick. I like that, D-Rick. Get owned by their their daddy, D-Rick Henry. 159 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. A.J. Brown with 135 through the air. Tannehill, another win in the Titans jersey. Is it Minshew magic time again? The New England Patriots win a rainout game 13-9 as Dak Prescott and company all underperform. Amari Cooper, no catches in the game. And in Sunday Night Football, the San Francisco 49ers absolutely demolished the Green Bay Packers 37-8. Aaron Rodgers held to just 104 yards with one touchdown. Garoppolo and company combined for 253 yards through the air. And tonight, the L.A. Rams are away to the Baltimore Ravens. Streaky winning team versus a who-knows-what-you-got Rams team. Let's see what happens. See, we always get it done in about the four minute. It's perfect. All right, let's do let's do one for all the hockey games so far this season. All right, do 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 do. Souls is a gay ass homie. Souls don't don't souls. Yeah. Boom, boom. So boom, boom. Today boom, is a boom, boom, segment. Boom, boom, it can be a very boom, long boom, segment. Boom, so boom, stay boom, tuned, boom, folks. boom, 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 boom. Bum, and bum, the bum, night, bum, you were just bum, one too early. Bum, 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 has come bum. in the night. Bum, bum, has come. Bum, 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 and the bum, land bum. has come. Bum, 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 bum. The bum, bum, fall bum, from the mountain. Bum, 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 Light you bum, see. Bum, 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 bum. No, I won't shed a tear. No, I shit won't shed a tear. You know, Larry Souls was behind the refrigerator today. Really? Yeah, just some fun fact there. All right, souls. All right. Spit it. So we give a lot of love to, like, you know, players. We don't ever give... But what about the equipment managers? That's right. Top ten equipment managers all time. Here we go. In lacrosse. What? 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 <laughs> Sorry, I was just doing some lax stuff. You should, you should reverse that one. Yeah. Cross my ass. <laughs> you want me to cross your ass? <sighs> With dots. What? I don't know about that, Souls. Listen, right. listen here, baby. So, we we all did a lot of... I am live and in living color. Well, most of us do a lot of homework this week. Oh! And we put a list together of the two best coaches sent to 2000s from football, baseball, and basketball. We can't forget about hockey. <laughs> we don't know enough about it. <laughs> most of us don't know These enough about facts, it. facts. All right. Well, facts. So we all did our homework about the two coaches. So you were doing a terrible job explaining this. Well, you guys keep interrupting me. But you're still doing a bad job. So do it. All right. (laughs) Souls had the lovely idea that we were going to break down coaching across the the three and a half major sports (laughs) in North America. So it was a good idea. Good on you, Souls. It was good on him. It's going to be a long segment, so no breaks. Unfortunately, that's why I was asking about the you know whatever. But no breaks. We can't take any breaks because um, this is going to take a very long time. 
Gonna take a break from watching this game. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, Souls. Souls. Did you like that one? Suck it. Let's go Rams. But um, so yeah, as Sol said, we uh, every coach or it was an applicable thing to do. So there are a few organizations that have only had one coach. But uh, since the two thousands, we broke down who we think, based on the sport that we were going about, uh, who the two best coaches for that organization were since two thousand. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I did NBA, but I'm, uh, there's some '90s work in there. Yeah, yeah. It, it just had to be done if they did some some major stuff there, but. We're going to go down, we're going to do a quick discussion on the two coaches, and then uh, we'll do a vote and then, on who the best coach is, and then at the end we're going to do a bracket. 16-team bracket, or 16-tier bracket, and uh, four coaches from each sport. I have the hockey ones in the bank. We're just going to pop those in. we got the stats we need and everything. One yearly so, bracket. As a group vote, what do we want to start off with first? I don't know. I was thinking about this the whole ride home, because it was like... I don't know how we're going to go about doing it. it baseball. One person talking the whole time. You know, that's what I a fear of. All right. So we can do baseball first. Unless you guys just want to go around and everyone read one card. Nah, we won't jump. <laughs> <laughs> so, Souls and uh, Kendall. Yes. You guys did uh, baseball. baseball. And for some reason, we did it alphabetically instead of well, splitting the leagues. Because I was already starting... It alphabetically. This is basically what happened. Kyle was like, hey, uh, I'm going to give Paul an entire league, and I'm going to split the rest of them up between people. <laughs> so, like, fuck him, you know, because Paul had to do 30 teams times two coaches minus one is is 59 coaches. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, I love him. It's false. <laughs> Mike D'Antoni all over this fucking So game. I started off with the first half of the uh, alphabetical order. <laughs> and we're going to lead off with the Arizona Diamondback. All right. Well, uh, all right. So, they haven't really had much luck in this category. But. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, that was a perfect thing for the sound effects board. <laughs> so, there's the first name, Bob Brenly. Okay. He was a coach of the 2001 Arizona Diamondback World Series squad. He had a record of 303 and 262. While during his tenure, in 2002, he repeated by winning the NL West. Um, so he had, he won a pennant, he won a World Series, he beat the Almighty Yankees. Yep, we all remember the Luis Gonzalez hit. Yep, and the cool uniforms. Uh, he was fired a couple years later because the team took a downward turn. People got older. They got rid of Randy Johnson. Kurt uh, Schilling got old, so things just didn't work out for him. And then we have Tori Lovello, who was hired in 2017 to present. He holds a 262-26 win-loss record. He won NL Manager of the Year in 2017. And since he's taken over the team, he has not lost. He has not had a losing record. Um, which, in my opinion, is pretty impressive because that team had been through a lot of changes. So, so, much, so much for this one minute per discussion thing. Kyle's over here giving like, life stories. Sorry. <laughs> forgot about that part. But yeah. That's what that's about. So we're gonna go we're gonna like pick right now who I, I, I think I wish I had a pen. I'm gonna have a really hard time remembering the names. Here I got one. Paul got you. Oh. Ooh, that was wow. nice. Right into the dance. Does that dance have a name? I don't know. 
The kid I went to high school with was doing it with Ennis Cantor, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I think if you win a World Series, I think that, that, that immediately kind of puts you in you know the, the best of category. You know, for a Diamondbacks team has been historically not great, uh, so I think it's just kind of a no brainer for me. No, no, no uh, disrespect. You know, credit where credit's due, but so you're taking Bob Prime. I am. I also agree. I think anybody who can win a uh, World Series in the dry heat. Yeah, that's like the main thing. In my opinion, I think World Series doesn't really matter because it's not really. It's about the talent that he was given. But I don't. Think, I think Toilet Bell has done a great job. I I taking that team where it is. I understand, but I sort of view this in two different ways. I think. Talent-wise, I, I, I credit certain things to the, the GMs and, and all that. You know, the coaches, the managers, they kind of get what they're given, and it's their job to, like, hey, here's your squad. Here's your, like, you're playing cards. This is the hand you've been dealt. Now do the best you can with the hand. Like, the GM is the one who are, are dealing the cards. So I think there are managers who can have a great hand and still screw things up and have a bad bad team around them because it's on them. But I I, I don't think just because he had great players doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve all the credit versus, you know, now. The, the teams are different for sure. There, there's a, a, a lesser talented squad right now being successful, but I don't know. Mass? I'm going to be truthfully honest with you. I'm doing research for mock. I did not listen. Bob Brindley or Tori Labella? Pick a name. Tori Labella. So we got a split. Rebecca. Thanks, Mark. You're the deciding factor. Bob Brunley and Toy Lavella. What? Bob Brunley? All right, Bob Brunley won that one. We're off to a great start. <laughs> All right, now we got the Atlanta Braves. This one is pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, Prove it. The current guy. <laughs> Raw. Nope, it's the current guy. Bobby Cox. Managed the team from 1990 to 2010. Uh, has a record of 2,504 to 2,001. Went NL manager of three... What did I just write? <laughs> Went NL manager of the year three separate occasions. Won the World Series in 95. Inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014. And won the NL East 11 times in a row. Then you got the current guy, Brian Snicker, because the other guy sucked between. He has a 318 and 292 record. Won NL manager of the year in 2018. When the NLEs in both 2018 and 2019, and the team has gotten dramatically better in the last few years. I'm going to go with Bobby Cox. Bobby Cox, no doubt about it. I mean, 11 straight. I mean, that's unheard of. Uh, for for the, We know we're doing mostly 2000s, but the, the Braves, I think, were the NL team of the 90s for sure. Um, even even into the early 2000s, like that was the NL team. Um yeah, there's not much to be said. Yeah. Paul? Uh, I, I was actually – I mean, it's, it's hard to argue, but um, – and I know it's a little bit before, but I was, I'm probably going to go with Bobby Cox's first run, the 78 to 81. <laughs> <laughs> He's better. <laughs> no, Bobby Cox. Mass? Bobby Cox. All right. Also a great name. This one's also pretty easy, guys. Cox. Baltimore Orioles. Ooh. Got a lot of sucky years. Current guy. Uh, we're going to lead off with Buck Showalter. The fighting Showalter. He coached the team from 2000 to 2018. 
Um, has a record of 669 and 684 with the club. Yep, under 500. But that's the best one they have. Yeah, you wait till we get to the NBA. There's a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> Won AL Manager of the Year in 2014. Made playoffs on three separate occasions, 2012, 2014, 2016. And won the AL East in 2014. He made the team better. Yeah, I mean, Buck Schalter, that, that team has been so did bad. Did he make the team better or did Machado make the team oh, better? Oh, he made the team better. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy. I mean, it's funny. Well, you, we, I didn't name the other guy. It doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you the other guy. His name is Mike Hargrove. Okay. He had a record of 275 and 372. I'm going to go with Buck Showalter. Uh, second best record since the 2000 for the club. And never made the playoffs. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Buck Showalter. I mean, Buck Showalter, I think, is the only guy in the league that has taken a team from being like almost the best down all the way to the bottom again and then brought him back again, then back all the way to the bottom. <laughs> Resurrected the team like three separate times. <laughs> yep. This one's a little tough. Um, I didn't go with Alex Cora, and you'll hear why. Uh, first name is Terry Francona. Uh, Seven forty-four ah. and five fifty-two record through eight Mariners. Seasons. Like it <laughs> through eight seasons. He broke the Babe Ruth streak in two thousand four by winning the World Series. Mm-hmm. He's a two-time World Series champion and managed every managed the All Star team in 04 and 08. Uh, then you had John Farrell with a record of 432 and 378 in five years with the team. Won the World Series in 2013. Coached the 2014 All-Star Game and finished second in the Manager of the Year voting. I'm going to go with Terry Francona. This is probably one of the, the more intriguing, you know, matches. The Red Sox got over that hump in the, the early 2000s there and kind of stayed relevant from then on out. I vote John Farrell because I think he did he did the same, like, because they both only won one World Series, right? Frank Conner won two. Oh, four, oh, seven. But I think that Farrell, like, did it with less. I mean, the oh four team was so stacked. It was good. It was I mean, good it was so fucking stacked. Full team. All three teams were pretty stacked. David Ortiz was there. You know, I, I, was, I think I was, like, 15 when I realized he wasn't black. <laughs> I was like 15 years old when I realized that there weren't nearly as many black guys in the MLB as I thought. I'm like, I'm like, well, Manny Ramirez is black. No, not. I'm like, huh? <laughs> I think Terry Francona is probably one of the best managers we've seen since our era of watching. But yeah, you know, once the the topic of my head immediately went <clears throat> Terry Francona. Um, Really, my only reasoning was kind of breaking the the Bambino thing. That's the only. Because I think when he, when you boil it down, Paul is right. The teams are very similar. You know, they're both very good. The, the team has just been good for like the past twenty years. So it's it's a tough call. I I give it to Francona. Mass Francona. All right, then we got the Chicago White Sox. Another one, one sided one. Uh, I go. With, I go. With- the, the second one. <laughs> is, that, is that who the second one is? Who? Is it Ozzie Guillen? No. No, he's I go, the first. <laughs> I go with the first one. Then. <laughs> the first one is Ozzie Guillen. <laughs> he held a 678 and 617 win-loss record. Won AL Manager of the Year in 2005, which they won the World Series, and he won the AL Pennant. Um, at a first place. This is a fun day. fact I wanted to put in there. You got ejected 27 times. <laughs> you know, manager. I was looking at those stats. <laughs> I didn't include anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, he was a big hothead, and I think that's what kind of led the team to success in a little bit because he ha- always had the team back, and they respected that, except when he went to the Marlins. Um, yeah, he won the World Series in 05, took a team that wasn't supposed to do anything, and made him a pretty good squad. And then there's Robin Ventura, who had a 375 and 435 when lost record. I mean, I know it's easy to say because they won the World Series, but they had the best rotation in baseball that year. They had the most fun rotation. Nah, it was the best rotation. Uh, Robin Ventura had no awards. Had a second place finish in 2012, <laughs> and finished third place in the AL Manager of the Year voting in 2012. Um, this talk about you're talking about taking a team though that was supposed to do nothing and do a little bit of something. <laughs> That's him. This yeah, one's a no-brainer for me. I think it's Isaac Ian. Isaac Ian all the way. And if we did another thing like best personalities in baseball, he'd most likely be one. I think yeah, he's the, up there. There's the, another guy that should be on your list. They highlight all these like NFL <laughs> yeah. coaches that have like people that have to like hold them back, like the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, like Sean McVay had one or whatever. It's like, like, could you imagine being the guy that had to try to hold Ozzie Gian back when he got <laughs> mad? Pretty sure Fort Knox isn't holding him out when he's mad. He's a fucking hothead. All right, Souls. All right, now we got the Chicago Cubs. How many teams have you done so far? Four or five? Four. Four. And now we got the Chicago, the Chicago Cubs. We have. Joe Madden uh, had an impressive 471 339 record when I now manager of the year in 2015. Broke the club, broke the club's rec, uh, World Series streak in 2016. Uh, won two NL pennants. Um, had a very historic run with that team. And it's crazy that they would even want to let him go. But what are you going to do? You have a chance at David Ross. <laughs> You'd make the right decision. And then we have. Dusty Baker, a fun name. Yes, fun guy. Um, yeah, he's a mushroom. Won the NL pennant in 2003. He was part of the whole Steve Bartman situation, a team that definitely <laughs> had the talent to get to the World Series. It's like a but... punk band, the Steve Bartman situation. <laughs> Tried to be taken. Yeah, too bad. But you know, he unfortunately had that happen. <laughs> but he unfortunately had a Steve Bartman situation. <laughs> His record with the club went 322 and 326. And tenure definitely started off really good with them, and then they traded away all their pieces. He had Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor went healthy, and then they got hurt, and the club could never really figure out anybody after that. Um, another, my opinion, a very another easy one. It's Joe Madden. Dude, Ross. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that Joe Madden, uh, no brainer, uh, especially the, the Cubs being, you know. A dumpster fire for years and years and years, and um, I think in recent memory, uh, Joe Madden is probably the only coach or you know manager I could think of that like players were really super excited for him yeah. to come. Like the Angel players are super excited. Yeah, it's, he carries a lot of good hype with him, if you will, and he he delivers. So, Paul, uh, Joe Madden, Joe Madden, all right. And also, Dusty Baker's kind of been around and does a lot of the same. Well, speaking of Dusty Baker, with the Cincinnati Reds. That's my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. Uh, he coached the team for six years and had a 509-463 win-loss record. Brought the Reds to three postseason experiences, uh, appearances. <laughs> experiences? <laughs> they got to sit in the dugout. <laughs> they were the sick kids. 
Um, it's like those make a wish kids. He only went two and nine in the postseason. Um, he had the best record for the Reds since the two thousands, and had a, he his team definitely overachieved. Um, they never had the sure thing on that squad, you know. He had Devado and Brandon Phillips, but that was mm-hmm. about it. They got good pieces around them, and it definitely showed in the <laughs> playoff that they weren't they didn't really belong. Wow. Uh, and then you had Bob Boone. Bob Boone. Yeah, he uh, coached the early 2000s, had a 198, 190, 238 record. He coached a team that did not have much talent. And, every, and then when he did have talent, Ken Griffey got hurt for the year twice. Yep. Um, that's about it. Uh, though I crapped on Dusty Baker a moment ago, <laughs> he's my pick. Because during that time uh, in the, the – Late, early 2000s, if that's you know, a way this, to say that. Uh, the Reds were good. Uh, Brandon Phillips was playing his best baseball. Uh, Votto playing his best baseball at the time. Um, they were they had weird pitching, too. Um, why can't I think of his name, Kyle? He was on the Red Sox that won in 04. Uh, uh, Bronson Arroyo was, like, their ace. Yeah. And he was, like, pretty good still. Uh, and they, they just couldn't get over the hump. So, but it's all things Maybe considered. Maybe Holiday. Yeah. But all things considered, you know, that much better than... Uh, yeah. Paul? Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker. I think he's on this list again, so be, be aware. He's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> now we got the Cleveland Indians. This one can be a lot closer than you think. You got Terry Francona again with a 638-494 record. He went to the World Series in 2016. He has a 12-12 and record in the postseason. Um, this year was supposed to be a rebuilding year for them, and he ended up doing pretty well. And all things considered, he did a nice job, but the, with the injuries and everything, he, he did a very nice job. And then there's Eric, Eric Wedge. Uh, he made the playoffs in 2005 and 2007. Not a wrestler, by the way, Eric Wedge. <laughs> he kept the AL Central twice. A manager of the year in 2007. Lost in the ALCS to the Red Sox in 07. He finished his tenure with a 561-573 record. He had the A.J. Burnett effect of every other year being very good and very bad. <laughs> That's why the, like, the record's kind of like, kind of together. One year he would go 90 and 72. The other year he would go 68 and 94. <laughs> something like that. And he coached, he coached the team for seven years. Um, I didn't really know much about Eric Wedge. I don't either. Um, but but what I read, I think he could be a, a winner. But I didn't think that Darren Francona had brought that team to so much already. And I think he would have to do the favor. I mean, for a guy to appear on a list twice and have almost the same level of success uh, puts me in the running for Terry Francona, you know, bringing... <laughs> An Indians team to the World Series and almost back again uh, mm-hmm. the following year. Uh, that, that's enough for me. A guy to go seamlessly transition basically from one successful team right to another. It speaks a lot for, I think, the coach he is, and that's why I, I picked him. Paul? Joe Brown. Mike Brown? Eric Wedge? Lou Brown. Ah, oh, there we go. Like, I didn't. I didn't know at first, but now I'm with you. I also vote for Lou Brown. 
We're that, contenders now. That was actually really good. Is that an unacceptable answer? I can put Lou Brown on here. All right. I'll, go with, you know, I'll go with Frank Kona. Do you remember a couple episodes back, many episodes back, where we did the, the pretend uh, athletes and movies and all that? Lou Brown made it to the finals of that. If I, I don't know if he won, but he, he came down to the... I think he lost to uh, uh, Will, Will Ferrell, semi-pro. Did he? Ah. Jackie Moon? Yeah. Okay. Nah, I could see it. <laughs> Mass. Won't you love me sexy? Francona. I chose Eric Rich. Of course you did. Why? Because you're a controversial asshole. Why? Because he's a controversial asshole. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I picked Francona. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> this is a fun team. We have the Colorado Rockies. Um, They've had very little success. Yeah. But from 2002 to 2009, their coach was Clint Hurdle. He took the team to the only World Series appearance, lost in four games. He had a 534 and 625 record. But you got to give these guys a little bit of slack. Nobody signed there. They can't get any pitching. Nobody stays there except Nolan Arnato. That's about it. But he didn't have Nolan Arnato. He had Todd Helen. Todd Helen, yeah. Matt Holiday. Hey, but he left. Yeah. Drew Holiday. <laughs> Andrew Holiday. Then you have Bud Black uh, from 2017 to present. He had the 249 to 238 record. Made it to the postseason twice in three years and holds a 1 and 4 record. He's doing a nice job with the talent he's given. They don't have any pitching, just kind of like they usually don't. And their lineup is pretty good, like usual, but you can only score so many runs. This one's tough for me. I am a big Clint Hurdle fan, so it's kind of a bias for me. But I think, you know, what my trend has been, if you take a team to the World Series, uh, that, that's been enough to, to win a vote for me. And I think, going back to an early argument that Sol has made, I think the the staff now is more talented than was back then. And I think Clint Hurdle did a lot more with a lot less Though Todd Helton was there, Todd Helton was very good for a very long time. Uh, it's it's tough to pitch there. You're, you're playing 81 games in a home run, you know, ballpark. Where it's not difficult. Any ball in the air is a chance to go out. So. I'm also going to go with Clint Hurd. He coached him for a very long time. Yeah. Imagine it's going to grow everything to do you want me to be a controversial asshole? Yeah, that's the whole point of this. Is. I put one coach for the Detroit Tigers. Well, so if it'll, it'll make you feel better, we'll get a little controversial when we get to football. <laughs> I'll give you guys a bit of a spoiler. Here's the Dolphins' two coaches in contention. Tony Sperano and Joe Philbin. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We um, get to basketball. <laughs> I don't know um, if you guys are familiar with the Washington Wizards or the Hornets. Yikes. <laughs> I put one coach for this. It was this guy and a bunch of guys that did not do well. Mike Zimmer. Uh, <laughs> his name is Jim Leland. Um, he had a 700-597 record, won AL the manager of the year, 2006, um, won two AL pennants, uh, lost both of the World Series, but whatever. He built a team from a 50-win team to a 90-win team overnight. Great mustache. Yeah. Uh, really the only coach worth mentioning. Yeah, Jim Leland is the guy. Um, 
good good players, you know. Um, what can I think of his name there? Uh, God. Dusty Baker. Yeah, Dusty Baker. Uh, Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera, you know, Maglio Ordonez, uh, 41. Prince Fielder? No. Um, Demetri Young? No, but good name. Uh, <laughs> God, I can't think of his name. Uh, and he doesn't matter. Jim Leland, he's a guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's really nobody else. Does anybody else think, though, that watching the the Rams versus the Ravens in their color rush jerseys is like watching like a like a Viking scrimmage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is going to be a good one. The Houston Astros. Uh, we had Philip Garner, two seventy two. I mean, I'm sorry, two seventy seven, two fifty two record. Uh, a thirteen and thirteen postseason record. Brought the team to the World Series in 2005, which they lost to the White Sox. Had yeah, a winning record every year he coached the team and was a candidate for Coach of the Year twice. A.J. Hinch, uh, 2017 to now, 41-329 record, won two AL pennants and won one World Series, lost one World Series. Um, he was given the team very young, and now they've blossomed into what they are. Hinch. I don't think it's even close. So I, the way I've been trending, uh, I, I I have to give it to Hinge. But this is very intriguing because these teams, you know, are very similar on paper. Like that when that 05 team, uh, or what was it, two thousand five? Yeah. When they went, I mean, same deal. You know, fairly young. You know, you know putting up a lot of runs. They were exciting. You know, uh, was it is uh, Berkman. Um, Bagwell, Bagwell was there. I mean, that was like the, the height of you know Roger Clemens, awesome Astros baseball, and they made it. They just you know they they ran into a, a Chad surging, a sur- yeah, Chad Qualls ran into a surging. Uh, um, what is that? He's, he's got a statue there. Uh, what's his name there? Paul Konerko. Paul Konerko. He's got a statue yeah. there. <laughs> Tadahito Gucci. I also <laughs> think it's Hinch. I think it's Hinch. It, it uh, is. Here's the thing. My, my argument is, I, I understand like. The other guy kind of like did a lot too, but like, like Hinch, like he's keeping all the young guys in check when they could very easily, with all the success so early in their careers, could be very getting very easily very big heads. But the thing too is, is like the manager, the 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 coach manager of any team has a huge part in like what pieces come into the franchise, and he keeps putting the perfect piece in the hole that they need. It's always the perfect piece. Everybody they bring in just. It just fucking fits perfectly. Like Michael Brantley this year. Yeah. I mean, Verlander. I mean, they just... he. The, hey, uh, we need to increase this. Okay, we, th- this is the guy we're going to get, and it just works. Yeah, the momentum just ran out this year. I think they, they were going to win. Teach that. All right, now we got the Royal. This one's very easy. Not even close. Lou Brown, Dusty <laughs> We have Ned Yost. Um, he coached for 10 years. Had a 457-502 record. The record's very... They were bad for a very long time. Yes. They became really good for a very short period yeah. of time. They won the World Series against the Mets in 2016, I think. 15. 15. Uh, they went to the one before that. They lost. They were young. Winning as coach in the last two decades. By far. Okay. Then there's Tony Pena, who lasted three years. But he did win AL Manager of the Year in, 20, in 2003. 
held a record of 198-285. Granted, those Royal teams were garbage. <laughs> Putting it lightly. Uh, Ned Yost all the way, you know, two pennants, one World Series. Well, he did have Angel Broa. Ew. Who was good for like a year. That doesn't make it better. <laughs> like Sweeney. That makes it a little better. But Barrow, no. Uh, yeah, for, I don't know, we'll call it three, three seasons at least, Royals were like the best team of the uh, AL uh, Central there. Um, they kind of, they, they ended up hitting the, the fan pretty hard as of late, but. Everybody left. They can't yeah. keep anybody. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think fuck this game. Ned Yost for Mavs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I put one name for this one, too, because he coached there for 18 years. Uh, we have Mike Sosha uh, from 2000 to 2019. Oh, Sammy Sosha's dead. Yeah, I am not putting Brad Osmus. He got fired. Um, he held a 1,650 and to 1,428 record, won the World Series back in 2002. Uh, went to the playoffs seven times. Has a playoff record of 21 and 27. Won, ma- won manager of the year in 2002 and 2009. Really the only coach they've ever had. Yeah. Brad Office was kind of a filler so they can get Joe Madden. Joe Madden I was going to put on this list. <laughs> but not yet. It's only Mike Sosha. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. Yeah. Well, wait, what, what are the years again? Just curious. 2000, 2000 to 2019. Oh, so it's been the entire 2000. Yeah. Years. And then we have the Dodgers. This one was tough for me. They had Joe Torrey, but I didn't put him in. He was only there for a couple of years. Yeah. So I put Don Mattingly, who had a 446-363 record. Went to the postseason in 2013, 2014, 2015. Postseason record of 8-11. and 11. And he held, a, he held a winning record every year. Then you got the current coach, Dave Roberts, who was 393 and 256. Uh, finishing first each of the first, each of the last four seasons. Went to the World Series twice, lost. Won NL Manager of the Year in 2016. I think I'm going to give it to Dave Roberts. Doing it four years in a row, pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, it, it's. I, I want to agree, but you know, it's it's funny. I think the Mattingly teams were better overall. I just think that we, we hear it all the time, the choke factor of of, of Kershaw and the Dodgers, and the Phillies were really good at the time. Uh, you know, go, going to you know the World Series twice is, is no twice in a row. I'm talking myself out of it now. Um. All right, no Mattingly. I, I'm with you, Souls. Mattingly. Mattingly. We have a split. We have a split. Wow. All right, Mattingly. I'm going with my first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my last one. The Miami Marlins. I shouldn't have put two, but I did. <laughs> you got Jack McKeon, who won the World Series in 2003, finished with a 286-257 record. Took that team from nowhere 
to win in the World Series. Nowhere um, to somewhere? What happened? Nowhere to somewhere. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he got fired a couple years later because they traded the entire team the year after. Um, yeah. Finish him. He had above 500 record. No other coach has done that for him. Yeah. Then the Freddie Gonzalez, who gives a shit? Not even worth a conversation. It's not. Because he didn't do anything. Yeah. The best he did was finish in third place. Put some respect on third place. <laughs> I think fun. Jack McKeon is third. Yeah. 100%. I wasn't even asked first. Kendall, you're up. All right. Would, All you, guys, right. would you guys read the vote? Eh, enough of this uh, this segment. Let's move on. This will be the first installment in a seven-week installment series. Oh, Rebecca has a question. For what? She typed for me because I'm too lazy. But you did all the homework? Yes. Okay. What? Okay. Is that for the AKs? So you, did you do the Phillies? I did. Kyle, you let him have the Phillies? And you let him have the New York Mets? I did. I did the harder teams. Fuck yeah, the White Sox were good once. They're easier than... But yeah, these are harder than those teams. No, they're not. Alright, I'm done with you. Sorry. You didn't even try the scotches, you dick. I can't get Mess, you right went now, so hard. So fast. Oh, Rage 2.0. Just... Well, yeah, because yeah. you drank six shots of bourbon in like ten minutes. Not six. Like three. Alright. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck All right, Baron. <laughs> you fat fuck. Alright, the Milwaukee Brewers. Manager one. Craig Council. 2015 to the present. Good name. 405 and 381. Uh made the playoffs the last two seasons. Um playing, you know, good ball. The Brewers were kind of, you know, a, a team that not that there was not a desire to go there, but you know, just it was the um. They were fortunate to land themselves a star. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're trying to think before that uh, steroid allegations. Um, they had Fielder and Braun. Yeah, Ryan Braun, and that like that was the guy. That was Who like, was the, the guy that had sex with Rachel Rocks? He was a brewer. Ryan Braun? No, that was uh, Gomes. No, it was a pitcher. No, uh, no, no. It was, what, it was like it was what like, team? It was like a fat Baldman kind of deal. What team? Yeah, he was a pitcher. No. What team? He played the for Brewers. the Brewers. He played for the Red Sox, too, though. Huh. The guy that had, had sex with the porn star. Oh, no, Rachel Starr. Rachel Starr, not Rachel. You Rachel. know, I know you're talking about. Yeah. I, I remember this happening, but I can't remember. Souls is on the case. Mike Napoli. Nah. Oh, that's right. Told you it was a fat Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I knew he wasn't a pitcher. <laughs> it would be hilarious to watch, though. And my second manager is uh, Ron uh, Ronick. Uh 2011 to 2015, uh, 342 and 331. Uh, the only discernible category is a above 500 record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Loser. Craig Council, I think, is the guy. Oh, yeah. They're Big both team. very tough. I'm going to go to Council. Yeah. Best to work with until they got done. I'm going to have to talk to the Council. <laughs> We're going to go with Council. All right. This one. Uh, so Lamar Jackson's like pretty good. Yeah, he's good. This one for me, uh, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. I'm curious what uh, you guys have to say. Uh, Minnesota Twins, uh, Ron Gardner, 2002 to 2014, uh, 1,068 and 1,039 is record. Five-time division winner, uh, manager of the year. 
the Twins were pretty good for a while there. Um, yep. Can't think of the. Uh, I can't remember these players, Kyle. I'm like going. Like, Justin Morneau, Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer. My brain is turned to mush. This is what happens when you talk about coaches, man. You forget about the players. Because it just goes to show coaches matter more. Mauer, you know, excellent, excellent player. And God knows all the, the records, you know, he holds. And uh, Rocco Baldelli. Rocky Balboa? <laughs> 29 to the present. Uh, 101-61 uh, last year, manager of the year. I, it's For me, it's Gardner. I mean, Baldelli. Good season, you know, kind of, you know, an upswing for the Twins. But yeah, it's Ryan Gardner. There's just too much history. I concur. That, that, those teams just, they couldn't get past the Yankees, pretty much. Yeah, yeah Kendall's doing what I want to do right now. What? Drink heavily because of this fucking game. Well, he's not drinking heavily because of I know because of the game, but still. He's drinking heavily because of Kyle. All right, the greatest team on this list. The New York Mets. <laughs> Terry Collins. 2011 and uh, 2011, 2017, 551 and 583. Won the pennant. Um, that's about it. That's all he did. I wish, uh, they, I wish instead of a trophy, they got a pennant. Like one of those little pennant <laughs> flags they hang up. <laughs> Here you Here go. You go. <laughs> Enjoy. And Willie Randolph. 05 to 08. 302 and 253. Uh, 2006 uh, took them this team uh, 97 wins I believe it was tied for the best record in baseball. What about the what about the guy that coached the 2000 team that took him to the World Series? Nope. Bobby don't, Valentine. Don't like him. So I'm gonna go with Terry Collins. He, yeah. He went through a lot of bumps and grinds, and fought that team to become where they were. I'm gonna go with Terry Collins too off of the Kendall Reed method. Good enough to get them to a postseason. Yeah. It, for me, it's Terry Collins. I'm a big Willie Randolph fan, but that team... You just like the players on that team more. Yeah, but <laughs> but Willie Randolph produced one of my favorite Mets managers of all time. Do you know who that is, Kyle? Molly Backman? No, Jerry Manuel. <laughs> That's my favorite. So my dad and I had a joke that when he wasn't coaching, he drove a garbage truck in New York. <laughs> <laughs> that was really, there was really no other reason, but, it, you know. Uh, yeah, That's E.J. Manuel's brother, right? Father, actually. Oh. He's just much older. Great beard. Uh, yeah, Terry Collins. Now, this one is intriguing. Um, I think I kind of know how people are going to sway, but the New York Yankees. First one I have is Joe Torre, 1996 2007, uh, 1173 and 767. Six pennants, four World Series titles. I mean, the Yankees were dominant. Yeah, dominant. It's, you know, the, the players were good. <laughs> you know, just that they really bested only by the you know Diamondbacks, Marlins, and, 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 Marlins, but. and then uh, I have Joe Girardi, uh, two thousand eight to two thousand seventeen, uh, basically picking up where um, Tory left off, uh, nine ten and seven ten. This record, uh, one pennant, one World Series title, uh, one Manager of the Year. Um. So where Tory has like the World Series, it's not like Girardi was not a like a slouch, you know. No, it's just hard to make up what he did. Right. Well, I think anybody could have won a World Series with that team. He sucked. He wasn't even that good. He just had good players. I give it to Girardi. 
I, I I'm leaning on Girardi myself, but you know I think to have continued dominance and, and really the Yankees had I don't know maybe two hiccup seasons would you say of like really bad play. Yeah. Um, once when we were in high school, like our freshman year of high school, I remember they were pretty bad. And I don't know, three years ago, I think it was. That was uh, 2008, just for the people at home who don't know how old we are. <laughs> yeah, we're not that old. Kind no, of, but I'm saying, saying like our freshman year of high school could be any year. Right, I know. Well, I, you know, I didn't know what year it was. Do we have an agreement, uh, Joe Torre? Uh, yeah. You said Joe Girardi. Both of them did, but. I said Girardi. Yeah. You yeah, said I'm leaning towards Girardi myself. Did you mean Tory? I, I did. Joe Tory. I did mean that. I stand by what I said. That's the Kendall. That's right. So, you know, that girl just had the word live written on her snow goggles. There's no way she'd be able to see effectively with that. The Oakland Athletics. First uh, manager on this list, uh, Bob Melvin. Oh, what? 2011 to the present. You're telling me that there's a person with the exact name that if we cloned your dog and your dad, <laughs> Bob Melvin? That's right. Uh, Him. I don't give a fuck about the rest of it. 731 and 664, uh, three-time manager of the year. Uh, <laughs> and uh, our second manager is uh, Ken uh, Macha, Maka, however you want to pronounce it. 0306, uh, 368 and 280, three-time uh, division uh, leader. Uh, for the AL West there. Um, for me, I think it's Bob Melvin. It has to be. It's just because, in, kind of similar to Buck Showalter, he's a guy who like brings his team from the dead like every couple of years. Like They'll be good, then they'll just fall off drastically, and then they'll come out of nowhere. Kind of like the amazing. Orioles. Exactly, that same type of deal. Uh, team that kind of hasn't made it over the hump, but they, they, they battle every year, and... Always in the conversation somehow. Even if they don't make the playoffs, they're like, well, if there was five more games in the season, they would have made it. It's a <laughs> t- dumb example, but... If, if only we got rid of the rest of the whole <laughs> record book. Yeah. If only June didn't happen, the Mets would have won. That was so funny. Wasn't it, was it June or was it May? I think it was June. Mm. You need another highlight? Uh, yeah. Yes, I will. Thank you. All right, so we in agreement, Bob Melvin? Yeah. All right, Kyle. His favorite team, the Philadelphia Phillies. Souls. Yeah, there's only one person. Souls. Souls. It's Charlie. <laughs> 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 nope, the first guy is... No, don't even say it. The manager this year... Really? No, I'm just joking. Uh, Charlie Manuel, 2005 yeah. to let me read the stats. 780 in the 636. One World Series title. Two pennants. Five-time division leader. Uh, the Phillies were unstoppable from like 08 to 11. Like, that was like the most annoying team to watch. Don't be jealous. Because they just would win. It wouldn't make any sense. When you have Roy Holiday, you're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't always have uh, Roy Holiday. I mean, they had Cole Hamels. Kyle, might come back. And Kyle, who do you think the, the second man? Larry Boa. Yeah, Larry Boa. Yeah. Uh, 0104, uh, 337, 308. Uh, three winning seasons out of four. That's, that's But they weren't like good winning seasons. Well, uh, they were above 500. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> what it is. I actually, what about Gary Varsho? He had what? It was, that was 
one 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 season. I coached two games in two thousand four. Oh, one and one. I I feel like yeah, I know Doug that name. Glanville. Doug Glanville, yeah, good name. Pete Mackinnon. It's yeah. yeah, he sucked. John Bukovich also sucked. That's not true. He coached nine games. Yeah, he didn't make the right calls. He had a winning record. All right. I wish Jeff was here, but he's not. Pittsburgh Pirates, Clint Hurdle, 2011 to 2019, 735 and 720. Three consecutive wild card loser. <laughs> thought, that's, thought that's notable. I don't think that will ever be duplicated. Ever. I think that's it. And Honus Wagner, 1917. <laughs> one in four, greatest name in baseball history. <laughs> so take that for what you will. It's, it's Clint Hurdle. Honus Wagner is a good name. It's like my favorite name ever. It's got to be Clint Hurdle. All the other teams are. If I'm buns. Ever, if I'm here's ever, the thing. Even here's the thing, though. It's got to be Clinton Hurdle because all the other teams are buns, even though his teams were also buns. Yeah. <laughs> they just had well, warmer buns. I mean, for like three years. Oh. That, that uh, pirate uh, team was really good. You know, and they just couldn't. They always hit like a, a surging clubs team or whoever the hot team in the wild card was, and uh, they just couldn't make it. In fact, I think as a group, we watched two of those wildcard losses in TCB. Yep. Just one like, yeah, let's go one to the beers. Cubs and one to the Cardinals, I think. Yeah, it was rough. I feel bad. They ran into Madison Bumgarner twice. What do you expect? Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's right. It was Giants and Cubs. Yeah. Giants and Cubs. All right. Uh, here's a, a very unexciting team. Uh, the San Diego Fathers. Oh, <laughs> that's Spanish for the two thousand. Father, you know what's funny? You know what we never hear? It's because of the language speak. But like, I want to start doing this more. I think it'd be funny. Like someone was like, he's like, he said, "Oh, the San Diego Fathers." Ha! That's English for Padres. Because <laughs> it's always like, "Oh, that's that's English or that's Spanish for father or whatever." You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah, pa- yeah. That's English for Padres. <laughs> I always wanted to translate Feliz Navidad into English and sing it. You know. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll expand on that song a little later. And then at the um, end, it's like, I want to wish you Feliz Navidad. Yeah, that's why we have to switch to Spanish. That's that's the tough tough part right there. All right. Padres. Uh, Bud Black. 07 to 15. 649 and 713. Uh, two playoff appearances. And uh, Rod Barajas. 2019. 1 and 7. So, was Bud Black the only good option? Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. But I like Rod Brahas a lot. So, he made my list. Uh, yeah. The Padres. Coach? I think he just coached a few games, like, interim, like, at the end of the season. Yeah. I, I, we all know that the Padres have been bad for a very long time. Um, they, they've had, like, spots where, like, they were good enough to, like, make, you know, the wild card and then were just decimated. Um. It, it, you know, it's just uh, they. I don't know what to say. They, they maybe this this couple of years they'll turn it around, but I think Bud Black is our best option. I looked at a couple of baseball managers and stuff while we were doing while I was like doing my segment, like taking a break. A lot of the guys, like the pro, the like real life photographs of like the nineteen nineteen tens nineteen twenties managers and baseball players, they look like people that were in Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> That's pretty funny. They do. <laughs> like Honus Wagner could have been Brooks. <laughs> Clint Hurdle was Brooks. I wish you guys thought that was funny as I did. All right, so as we're losing over here, I need your help. 
Come on, Kyle. All right. Giants. This one's a no-brainer. Yep. Uh, Bruce Bochy, uh, 07 in 2019. Justin Baker. <laughs> 1052 and 1054. Uh, three World Series titles. Uh, Isn't it amazing year. how we're gonna we're listening to these things when we get to the NFL? Like, could you imagine being like, oh yeah, one of the coach of the years. His record was, you know, one ten and one oh nine. you're like. He sucked. <laughs> but like a 500 record overall for, for baseball is like, that was pretty good. And uh, next best, uh, Felipe Alou, uh, 03-06, 342 and 304. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, it's just uh, above 500 record, uh, kind of like the when Bonds was still, you know, yeah. you know crushing balls into the, the bay there. Uh, Sucking socks. Yeah. But Bruce Bochy. No doubt about it. Okay. Uh, here's another one that I think is a no-brainer, but it's definitely worth It's kind of like the Yankees thing uh, for the Cardinals. We have uh, Mike Matheny, 2012 and 2018, 591 and 474. One pennant, three-time division winner. And then uh, perhaps one of the greatest of all time, uh, Tony La Russa, 1996-2011. Uh, 1408 and 1182, two World Series titles, three pennants, two 100 win seasons. Give me Matheny. Really? No. Oh, I slapping. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, well, I mean, you've watched him, I guess, but. The Russo was like a pitching guru. Yes. Is that porn? What is that? <laughs> this is a family show, with the exception of the cursing and drinking. <laughs> <That's weird>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Tony LaRusso for me. Same. Yeah. Right. All right. The Tampa Bay Rays, uh, manager one, Joe Madden, 06 to 2014, 754 and 705, uh, 591 seasons. Uh, and uh, Kevin Cash, 2015 to 2019, 414 and 396, 291 seasons. So kind of. This is a tough one. It's very like similar performance over the same amount of time. You'd have to give it to Madden because of the dramatic change. Of that team. Yeah, I'm giving it to Madden. Because the year before he got there, they were the laughing stock of the league. He got there, they went to the World Series. Yeah, it was like immediate impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, they still don't get anybody to go there, but they're yeah. just one of those teams that are always relevant. Yeah, you turn it around. And always well. beat the Yankees. Yeah. And do it well. So what do you guys think? Madden or Kevin Cash? Oh, Kevin Cash. He's just like the name. I do. Not Madden. We're talking about Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yankee killer, for sure. I went to the uh, non-White Sox games. The first, I, went to a comp- I went to five games in two weeks with a, gr- a girl I was with at the time. We went to five Yankee games. They were all losses to the race. <laughs> Mass. I already said Madden. Oh, I thought you said Kevin Cash. I did not think you said that, but I wanted to. I came close to picking Kevin Cash. Kenny? All right, we ready? Yeah. I, I overstepped the Mariners. I forgot. God damn it! I'm sorry. It was the way I had my uh, my spreadsheet. <laughs> the mass is very emotional over my spreadsheet, as you can tell, and not because of the game we're watching. All right. 
Seattle Mariners. Please be the guy I want. I have three here. What? Just for conversation. Scott Cervase. 2016 to 2019, 321, 327, just below 500 winning percentage. Then I have Mike Hargrove, 2005, 2007, 192 and two uh, 210, just below a 500 winning percentage. And uh, Lou Pinella. There we go. <laughs> Lou Pinella, who uh, is coached from 1993 to 2002, uh, 840 and 711. But here's the crazy part. Though he had a very – his best years were actually in the 2000s. From 2000 to 2002, he is 300 in 186, and in 2001 had a 116 win year. Yeah. That team was fucking insane. Insane. Uh, but I, I wanted and they to – they lost. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But I wanted to hold true to the uh, 2000s thing, so I, I kind of threw some no, other guys like, in there. Lou, Lou was – I love that, that guy. Are you done? Yeah, Lou Pinella. Are you done? I'm done. With all your teams? Oh, no, no. I oh. Have, uh, sorry. I just, uh, there's one guy went out of order. I have uh, three more. Uh, very decidedly, I'll just go real quick. Um, Texas Rangers, uh, Ron Washington, 07-2014. Uh, winning you uh, win loss of 664-611. Two-time pennant winner, 490 win seasons. Um, and uh, Jeff Bannister, 2015. and uh, two th- Excuse me, 2015-2018, 325 and 313. He was a manager of the year. Ron Washington uh, took the teams to the World Series. Back to back years, was it? Or was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, they just they they couldn't. Did they lose to the Cardinals and who? Giants and Giants. You know, Ron Washington. He had a good team. Mm-hmm. It just uh, those. He had Josh Hamilton in his prime. Yeah. Just couldn't get couldn't get over it. They didn't have the pitching. Yep. But definitely the offense. Yes. He had one of my favorite players, Adrian Beltre. Yeah. Guys on the Ron Washington train? Yeah. Um, Blue Jays have one guy, uh, John Gibbons, uh, had two stints in the 2000s, strangely. Uh, 04 to 08 and uh, 13 to 18. Is this the guy that was the manager when Batista did the bat flip? Yeah. Yeah, him. Yeah. Him. Seven I can't even man. name you any other Blue Jays moment other than Kevin Pillar telling a black, uh, Chicago White Sox fan that he didn't have any money. <laughs> it's pretty much the only Blue Jays moment I can tell you. He he was a good manager, and yeah. it's kind of crazy that the Blue Jays want to get rid of him. It's not his fault that the players fucking got old. Yeah. Lastly, Washington well, Nationals. Well, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that a good manager would prevent age. <laughs> uh, Nationals: Dave Martinez, twenty eighteen to the present, one seventy five and one forty nine, one World Series, one pennant. Can I guess the other name? Yes. Is it Dusty Baker? It is Dusty Baker. <laughs> Dusty Baker, one of those coaches that can get you to the postseason, <laughs> but won't win it. Yeah, you can't do shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling we'll see his name a couple times <laughs> in another segment on this. Yeah. Twenty sixteen to twenty seventeen, one ninety two, one thirty two, two ninety one seasons. It's gotta be Dave Martinez. It's he Dave just Martinez. won the World Series. Yeah, but yeah. But after Dusty the Baker, big loss and big D Bakes. Yep, doing his thing. You know. And you're done. I'm done. He's done. All right, so boys, we did this. So. You guys are going to have to compile the four what you what you guys view as the four best managers of the 2000s for baseball for the bracket. Um, you guys want to go to a quick like two three minute break? Everyone can stretch their legs, take a quick breather, yeah, and then we'll come back for two two three minutes tops. We'll be back here live on Spreaker. Yeah. 
And now, back to Getting Sports with Drunk on the PPRN Radio Network. Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by uh, cool guys. A bunch of cool guys here today. Yeah. Cool guys. Riddle, hit us with a... Fuck you, souls. You do too much motion. I know. I I gotta move around. It's little stuff. You know what it is? It's about all the couch dancing I've done. It's 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 tough to you know to break away from that. Surfing in the futon? Well, surfing the futon was a, a, an aspect of couch dancing, but a long time ago, hanging at Kyle's house, Kyle had an awesome futon. You know, crashing at his house was the best because you know there was the bed, there was the, um, the the recliner, and there was a futon. And then for no reason other than his father being an absolute asshole, he got rid of it. It was an awesome futon. One time we were hanging out, uh, had this bit called Surfing on the Futon. You get on it and you pretend you're surfing. And then uh, Jeff, like, punched me in the nads. And that was the end of Surfing on the Futon for me. Do you have this one back on? Okay. I, the stand. No good to the stand. <laughs> no, it just keeps falling and I'm too tall for it to be short, so. So if you have any uh, Surfing on the Futon stories, please submit to a GSWD at underscore SBC Global. Two jokes that landed on deaf ears. Anyway, we're gonna continue continue our segment. Coaching, coaching. So, uh, what sport you guys want to do next? NFL or NBA? NBA, NBA, NBA. It is all right. I'm gonna start in the Western Conference, and I'm gonna start with the easy one: the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I only picked one guy because only one guy's coached. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs has been coaching from 1996 to now. Uh, which is 23-plus seasons. He's got a 681 win percentage with 13 division titles, 22 playoff appearances, six Western Conference championships, five NBA championships, three-time coach of the year, four-time All-Star coach, 1950-plus win seasons, five 60-plus win seasons, and that is also including one holdout season, which had him on pace for 70 wins. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and put that right into the four coaches that make it to the bracket category. Yep. Uh, anybody have anything they'd like to add to that? Uh, how long do you have to watch basketball to you call him the pop? Because I don't think I've earned that. Well, unfortunately, I think to call him the pop, you have to, nobody calls him the pop. It's just, yeah, it's pop. just pop. No, no, no. People call him <laughs> the pop. Hey, it's <laughs> the pop. <laughs> Ask the anyone. Pop, the pop. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to one that is. Uh, I mean, a lot of these are pretty much no-brainers, but I, I stuck to the to Kyle's. Thing and did the two guys you're gonna Mountain Dew? It was like a Mountain Dew at first. I was like, Where the fuck did you get a Mountain Dew? That's from? just muscle memory from looking at it. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're gonna start off with the Phoenix Suns. Ooh. All right, so the first coach is Alvin Gentry, who coached from 2008 to 2013 for five seasons with a 523 win percentage and one playoff appearance. And that is it. <laughs> Next is Mike D'Antoni, who coached from 2003 to 2008 for five total seasons. He had a 650 win percentage with three division titles, four playoff appearances, a Coach of the Year award, and one All Star coach. Uh, he was the uh, the Phoenix Suns were pretty much simultaneously the Chargers at the same time. The hey, we're going to be the best team, but we're not going to win anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony for me, that's that's the pick. Uh, yeah. And I, since you came up with that. Uh, equating those two teams like years ago for me I, I i've always thought that now and i think it's like the perfect example of a team like it wasn't great. the coaching it, it just they they never had that player that could just take over the game and do it all and dan tony who we'll get to in the same conference here he now has that thing where he has a player that can take it over and do it all 
but no depth. And he had all the depth in the world in Phoenix. He was a great coach for that team. Like I said, they, they were just missing the X factor piece that could take it over for them. Plus, they also had the they had the he had the poor poorest uh, quality of playing with a Phil Jackson coach Lakers team and a Popovich coach Spurs team in that conference. So, getting to the finals was not an easy task. But I would I would give the nod to D'Antoni. I thought Souls was excited for this one. Doesn't even care. I care. So you're gonna vote? It's Mike D'Antoni. Well, what are you doing over there? Nothing. You're texting Bianca. Not. What are you doing? I'm actually watching the Sixers after a game. Are you kidding me right now? I'm not actually watching it. You just said you were watching it. I'm not yeah, actually watching it. I just do it for the flavor. <laughs> flavor saver. Whoa. All right, so let's move on next to the Los Angeles Lakers. This is pretty much a no-brainer, but I picked two just for ha-has. So the first is Mike Brown, who coached for two seasons with a 592 win percentage. He had a division title and a playoff appearance. But he is the ultimate loser, and I, I think we can all agree, to Phil Jackson, who coached for 11 total seasons from 99 to 2011 with a 676 win percentage, seven division titles, 11 playoff appearances, six Western Conference championships, five NBA championships, a two-time All-Star coach, nine 50-plus win seasons, and two 60-plus win seasons. Yeah, he's a pretty good coach. Pretty good coach. And that's not even counting what he did with the Bulls. <laughs> yeah. Or the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, Philip Jackson is the winner. That's Jeff's favorite of all time. But real quick, I want you guys to... I just want you guys to really think about this. So, from 96 to now. Right? So, from 96 to now. That's what? How many years is that? That's 23 years, not counting this year's NBA championship. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, it's 23 years. Kyle. I'm listening. 23 years. Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich have combined in 23 years for 12 finals appearances <laughs> and 10 NBA championships. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's it's, pretty, it's pretty understandable why nobody else was winning in the West in the 2000s. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, moving on to the other team of Los Angeles, the Clippers. The first coach is Vinny Del Negro, who coached three seasons with the Clippers for a 557 win percentage, has one division title and two playoff appearances. He was the beginning portion of the Clippers team that everyone came to love, the CP3, Blake Griffin, Dander Jordan. The next coach is the one that took over that range, which is Doc Rivers. Uh, who's still coaching the Clippers, so for six-plus seasons now, he has a 626 win percentage, one division title, and five playoff appearances. So this one, to me, um, for just the Clippers' sake, is, is a little challenging because, realistically, three seasons versus six seasons, same division titles, Doc just made the playoffs a little more. But, I mean, disappointing. It's a disappointing... You know, that's a disappointing resume for Doc Rivers for the Clippers team, mm-hmm. for that team. Um, I think I'm going to still give it to Doc. Granted, what he did with that Clippers team last year, that was projected to go nowhere. And until they decided to trade Tobias Harris, pretty much kind of knowing that no matter how well they played, they probably weren't going to win the whole thing. Um, still made the playoffs and still played very hard in the playoffs. And I think that's more of a testament to Doc Rivers and the team. He usually got hurt, too. Like, he didn't have the best luck, either. No, Blake Griffin got hurt a lot. Chris Paul was hurt. And they lost Chris Paul. And Yeah. I would go Doc Rivers. I mean, 
And, and oh, not just because I, I, it's the name I know more, but I always recall the Clippers not being excellent. In no, they've never really been the dominant team out there. They've always just kind of been around. They've yeah. always been like a playoff. Like, the, they're always that team that's like, yeah, the Clippers are going to make the playoffs, and then... Yeah. But it's interesting, I think, you know, with the Blake Griffin becoming, we'll call it in quotes, a superstar, you know, the, the commercials, oh. that, that, that kind of came, that's, that kind of spawned from that, that, that coaching, that, that team kind of, you know, becoming great. Hmm. So, the Doc. And also, he's got great faces and a good voice. <laughs> Can't blame Blake. That was good. <laughs> that was a Jamie Foxx yeah. thing. Yeah. That's like my favorite like bit ever. I was born with a rap before. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, we're in agreement, Doc Rivers? Yes. All right. So we're going to move on to the Houston Rockets. Yeah. All right. So the first Mike coach. Mike <laughs> <laughs> So the first coach is Mike D'Antoni, who's coaching for three plus seasons since 2016. He has a 702 win percentage with two division titles, three playoff appearances, a Coach of the Year award, and an All-Star Coach uh, per, uh, award, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then the other coach is Kevin McHale, who coached for five seasons with a 598 win percentage, one division title, and three playoff appearances. I mean, I think it has to go to Mike D'Antoni. Uh, Kevin McHale, I think, was a very good coach for them. Um, but... Mike D'Antoni, I guess he's just kind of pulled a little more out of that Rockets team, but he also, you know, he also has the luxury of having, you know, this James Harden versus the James Harden Kevin McHale had for one year, I think, maybe two. Um, I just, I think it's Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, I agree for, for the same reasons. Just that the team has kind of the past three seasons has like really exploded, and it's just one of those things. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Dallas Mavericks. This one's easy. Is it? I think so. Is it Greg Popovich? Yep. All right. So, uh, first coach is Avery Johnson from 2004 to 2008 for a 735 winning percentage. He has one division title, four playoff appearances, a one-time Western Conference champion, a one-time coach of the year, and a one-time all-star coach. And the second coach is Rick Carlisle, who's been coaching since 2008, so 11 plus seasons. He has a 533 win percentage, one division title, seven playoff appearances, a Western Conference championship, and one NBA championship. So, in, I mean, my, in my opinion, it's Rick Carlisle. I mean, I understand with what you're saying, Rick Carlisle, but really, I mean, and I know it's a lot. I, I'm not trying to, like, belittle it. But if things had gone different in the 2006 finals and they won that championship, it wouldn't even be close. Like, I mean, Avery Johnson, you're talking, Avery Johnson has more than 200 points on him in win percentage. I owe a shot. Why? Sick as a dog. He has over 200 points on him in win percentage in, like, a third of the time coaching. Like, the same amount of division titles. He made the playoffs every year he coached. And he's still, and he won coach of the year and all-star coach. I mean, I don't really think it's that much of an easy call. I mean, four years, he did a lot of damage in four years, including an NBA Finals berth. I mean, I, he didn't do anything else coaching after, <laughs> at all, but he was a good coach for them. He's hanging out in Bama right now. <laughs> coach of the Alabama Tide. I, I kind of gathered it's that. Just, I, <laughs> I guess my question is, like, what do you give the NBA championship to? Do you give it more, to, more credit to like Dirk or more to Rick Carlisle? 
Well, I don't know. It's hard because they brought in different pieces too. Like Sean Marion was there. Jason Kidd. Like those are players that he didn't have the first time. And because the other thing too is under Rick Carlisle's thing, like I mean, five thirty three win percentage, so he's just above five hundred. He's he had an NBA championship Dallas Mavericks team. He also had some really bad Mavericks teams. Yeah, he also coached some really. I mean, you figure Avery Johnson in four years. I'm kind of like thinking about like right now too, which I shouldn't be, but. Right, but I mean, but 82, you figure 82 games in a season. I know we're taking long on this one, but 82 games in a season, so three quarters of a season is what? Bless you. It's 20 and a half games. So we'll call it 20 games. I mean, so basically, Avery Johnson pretty much averaged 60 wins a season for his four years. That's really impressive. This is tough. Um And the other thing, too, is if we're going off coaching, right, Carlisle has the championship. But Avery Johnson won Coach of the Year. I mean, that counts for something. I'm going to give the nod to Avery Johnson. I said Rick Carlisle. Come on, Red Baron. Make a vote. Don't overthink it. I guess Avery Johnson did a lot more in a lot less time. Mass. Mass. So I wasn't listening? Yeah. I'm doing research. Yeah, you should have done it already. Avery Johnson or Rick Carlisle? Rick Carlisle. Rebecca? Rick Carlisle or Avery Johnson? Look, why do we even go to her for things? <laughs> Odd reasoning. Alright. The Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> Kyle's face. They had one good coach. Well, not true. Billy Donovan, in four plus seasons, the current head coach of the Thunder, has a 595 win percentage with one division title and four playoff appearances. And then... Scott Brooks, the head <clears throat> the head coach of the Thunder from 2008 to 2015, had a 620 winning percentage with four division titles, five playoff appearances, a Western Conference Championship, a Coach of the Year award, and two All-Star coach appearances. I think it's got to be Scott Brooks. Brooks was Granted, here. Scott Brooks had the prime Thunder team versus what Billy... But he also and, drafted that team. Right, no, 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 I'm not saying that. He drafted, he 100% did draft that team. But I'm saying Billy Donovan only had kind of like... He had like Premier, like Westbrook, but yeah, Harden was gone, Ibaka was gone, Durant was gone for Couple one of those years. years. For I mean, he was there for one of those years, but I mean, I think Billy Donovan is a very good coach, but I didn't think that the way that Brooks developed that team gives him the edge. No, I can give it to Brooks. But just because a team is really good on paper and with their talent, it doesn't mean we can't not credit the coach. You know, it's just, oh sure we can. <laughs> All right, this one is uh, they're pretty similar, really. Um, <laughs> Portland Trailblazers, Nate McMillan, seven seasons, four ninety-seven win percentage, a division title, and three playoff appearances. And then Terry Scotts, seven seasons, five fifty-eight win percentage, two division titles, six playoff appearances. I mean, it goes to Terry Scotts. I mean, he's a better coach. Than Nate McMillan, even though they've had the same same level of success, I think that's more on the the players really just being disappointing in the the postseason, um, and proving that this year still so far is a disappointment. Uh, I, I give it to Terry Scotts, I mean, just same amount of coaching time done a little more. He was, he was able to elevate Damian's game a little bit. Pretty much say here it's your team, figure it out. Yeah, and th- and there's something to be said for 
the coaching that he did last year when they lost Jokic, in the you know it was a big blow to that team and still made it to the Western Conference Finals. Didn't put up a fight in the finals, but they they were there. They were there. They showed up. They were happy to be there. All right. Uh, here's one that's pretty close: the New Orleans Pelicans, also the New Orleans Hornets. So Alvin Gentry, another appearance from him, another pedestrian appearance. He's the current head coach, so four plus seasons, four thirty nine win percentage, one playoff appearance. <laughs> then there's Byron Scott, who was a New Orleans Hornets coach, uh, two thousand four to two thousand ten, so six seasons, four eighty four win percentage, a division title, two playoff appearances, a coach of the year award, and an all star coach appearance. I think it's pretty obvious it's Byron Scott. Yeah, he had Baron Davis. Yeah, oh, and Chris Paul. Yeah. This one, Chris Paul, Kyle. He had Baron Davis. He also had Chris Paul. Chris yeah. Paul Hornets was a real problem. Oh, I know. But he also had Baron Davis. Not at the same time. No, but it would have been cool if it was. Yeah. 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 Make it happen. All right. All right. Here's a real barn burner. I'm going to let you guys decide. Uh, so, the Grizzlies. <laughs> team that's seen no success. Ever. At all. Um. So, Dave Jorger. 2013-2016, so three seasons, 598 win percentage, three playoff appearances. And then uh, Lionel Hollins, 2004 coach, as well as 2008-2013, so double stinter, 516 win percentage, three playoff appearances. I guess Dave? Yeah. I mean, half the amount of seasons, a little bit better win percentage, made the playoffs every time. Here's the problem with that team. They were built as an old school team. They weren't ready for the fast pay. Jack threes up from everywhere. They were a, we're going to pull you down low and we're going to make it hurt. Didn't work after a while. I mean, I think you got to be, it's somewhat interesting to be brought back twice. So, make a case there. (laughs) I mean, he was kind of did like an interim coach thing for the majority of the season and then kind of like. Became an assistant again. Yeah, and then got re-promoted again. And they were like, lame. (laughs) I am out. All right, fair enough. All right, so let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, First coach is Tom Thibodeau. 2016-2019 for three seasons. Had a 475 win percentage and one playoff appearance. Weird hair. Weird hair, weird face, weird everything. (laughs) Weird being bitches. And then the uh, second coach is Flip Saunders. 1995-2015 1995-2015 for 11 total seasons, a 521 win percentage, one division title, eight playoff appearances, two-time All-Star coach, and pretty much the sole responsibility for the player we know is Kevin Garnett. Yeah, it's Flip. It is Flip. And a fun fact, Flip Saunders, we lost him a couple years ago, couple years ago to, the. actually, we lost him in 2016, right? When Tom Thibodeau got the job. Yeah. We lost him. He was the head coach of the Timberwolves, um, and he... Uh, we lost him due to cancer. Uh, Tom Thibodeau ended up taking the job. Tim, Tom Thibodeau was relieved of his duties after this past season. And now uh, Flip Saunders' son is the head coach of the Timberwolves. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's actually doing a pretty good job. Flip okay. Saunders was a great guy. Yeah. Good, the, good though, coach. Though I'm a Thibodeau guy, Saunders all the way. Though I'm a Thibodeau guy, through and through. Through and through. All right. And uh, up next is the Denver Nuggets. The first coach is Michael Malone, who is the current head coach of four plus seasons. Not they, Post Malone. Yep. Or Moses Malone. Or Carl Malone. For that matter. 
the 538 win percentage, a division title, a playoff appearance, and one all-star coach bid in his four seasons coaching. The second coach is George Carl, the head coach of the Mellow Nuggets from 2004 to 2013 for nine total seasons. A 622 win percentage with three division titles, nine playoff appearances, an all-star bid, and a coach of the year award. Uh, George Carl was also kind of one of those coaches that just like kind of like kept getting the nuggets there, but like couldn't get it done. And they kept adding the pieces. I mean, George Carl in his tenure, that was when they brought AI in. That was when Chauncey Billups was there. They had J.R. Smith. They had uh, who was Kenyon Marcus Camby, Kenyon Martin. They had a they had pretty good players all around on their squads. And uh, God, every time I look up, the, Lamar Jackson's walking on the field. Have you guys had the ball for more than five minutes this game? Fuck yourself. That's not very nice. Yeah. I you give got, it to George Carl. Yeah. Uh, I think I think he was a really good head coach. Um, I, I just think that, again, I mean, played in the same time as Pop and Phil Jackson, and not it's not easy to, not easy to overcome. I give it to Mike Mullock. And I, and I say that because in You're the last asshole? few years, he turned that team – Completely upside down. You know, they made the right draft choices. He, he ended up getting a complete stud in Nikola Jokic, bringing in Jamal Murray, the, getting pieces around him. Because He's just setting up to be the next George Carl for that team, though. They're never going to take the next step. Well, this would be the year to do it. They're not going to. They're not I, taking the next step. I, they could. No. I didn't think – I like the way that they've been doing everything recently. And I think now it's a chance they can actually – I'm not saying it will, but – it can be the time where they can make a run at the, at the championship. Hmm. It's an interesting, uh, interesting take. I like that. What do you guys, Red? Well, I I was with you, Riddler. Souls has convinced you to go to the dark side. But it, see. It, his good, point, to the his, his good point is on a hunch, not on not on fact. Yeah, not on proven, on what could be. Yep. And for that reason, I am out. George Carl. George Carl. Matt? I still love you, souls. George Carl. <sighs> All right. <laughs> All right. Up next is the Utah Jazz. They are. <sighs> this one's very tough. <laughs> I mean. It like it is, but like not really. If you, I, I know, but like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So the first coach is Quinn <laughs> Snyder, who Very coached right <laughs> 2014 to now five plus seasons. He's got a 5.59 win percentage, a division title, and three playoff appearances. Uh, he's responsible for the Utah Jazz. We know now. Yeah, they're fucking the Rudy Gobert, the Donovan Mitchell, the acquisition of Michael Conley, the gritty Jazz. Yeah, they're gritty. They fight. You know, they're they're, they're a hard nosed team. But then the other coach is Jerry Sloan. Yeah. So now this is one of those guys that like just because of due to lack of coaches because of how long Jerry Sloan coached, I had to pick him. Jerry Sloan coached from 1988 to 2011 for that's the Utah ama- Jazz. That's amazing. 23 seasons. In the three years that he wasn't there. I don't remember. I looked him up, but it wasn't worth putting him. Because <laughs> the thing is, is, even though Jerry Sloan coached from 88 to 1999, he still coached for 11 years in the 2000s. He very much qualifies. Oh, yeah. Um, so his, I, I did this based off of his overall tenure as a head coach, not just in the two thousands. 
He has a 623 win percentage, eight division titles, 19 playoff appearances, and two Western Conference championships, which we both know were losses to the Bulls in the 90s. So, which isn't his fault. No, no just, he got <laughs> outcoached and his players were outplayed. It's just like, hey, here's an A team and an A coach. Yeah, well, guess what? Those guys are A-plus coaches and A-plus team. And they got Robin. They got Robin. And Pippen saying, mailman don't deliver on Sundays. Hilarious still. Still hilarious. Um, I mean, I do love Quinn Snyder as a coach, but you have to give it to Sloan. Sloan I, all the way. I think you do too. I mean, like I said, for the NBA, because there were so many guys that did that were coaches from like other decades into the 2000s. Um, I, I give them the whole rap sheet. I mean, there's just certain things that supersede. It just it's, yeah. that's how it is. Yeah, there you go, man. Yeah, this guy gets it. But like Quinn Snyder is a fantastic coach. Yeah, he's no a, doubt. He's a good coach. He's a good coach. He's probably like top twenty right now. Yeah, well, top ten, top seven. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. Up, up next is a Kendall favorite. Yeah, yeah. The Kings of Sacramento. The Lions Nest. This is pretty fucking easy, and I think I think we can all agree on this. Uh, first is Reggie Theus, who coached for two seasons. He has a four fifteen win percentage. Oh, him. we're done with that. <laughs> Absolutely him. And then the le- last one is Rick Ottleman. Who coached from ninety eight to two thousand six, so eight seasons, uh, six thirty three win percentage, two division titles, eight playoff appearances, two time All Star coach. He's the guy that we know as the amazing Kings team that never won. Yeah, white chocolate baby, white chocolate Weber, Bibby, Peja. I saw the thing. Did you see, did you see that Peja passed on Luka Doncic in the in the draft because he, him and his father, him and Doncic's father don't get along. That's why he didn't draft them. That's the reason. You mean Vladi Divac? That's what I meant. Yeah. Vlade Divac said, I'm not drafting him because I don't like his dad. Well, that's why the Kings suck. Yep. That's funny. I watched that uh, that uh, that package of uh, white chocolate there. His name escapes me always. Jason, Jason Williams. Williams. All the time. The, uh, the, the the crazy passes on that. Like, my favorite's the one where he goes behind the back and then off the elbow. Like, back to the, you know. It, it pops up, like, on my Instagram Explorer. Like, we'll call it every four months. And I, I'll watch it every time. I'm, yeah. just, like, I'm like, amazed. Fun NBA fact unrelated to that. Um, traded for Mike Bibby. Ennis Cantor, who's, like, a wanted man in, like, Turkey and all that. <laughs> the leading man who's, like, out to, like, get his family and, and him in Turkey is NBA star, former NBA uh, athlete, Hudo Hudo Turkoglu. Really? That's the guy who's leading the investigation in Turkey for the Turkey government to put Ennis Cantor in jail. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a weird it's like, world. It's like, it's like NBA cannibalism. Yeah. I, I have to use the restroom. All right. Can you get through this last one? I can. All right. So this one, it's not close, but it's worth mentioning. It's the Golden State Warriors. So go with the obvious first. Steve Kerr. 2014 to now for five plus seasons. 761 win percentage. Five division titles. Five playoff appearances. Five Western Conference championships, three NBA titles, coach of the year, two NBA All-Star coaches, and a record 73-win season. But worth mentioning is Mark Jackson. 2011-2014, only for three seasons. He posted 526 win percentage, which is really good considering where that team was when he started Mm -hmm. with them. Two playoff appearances, but he's also the guy that built the Warriors team that won those Kerr championships. He drafted Draymond Green. He drafted Klay Thompson. He made the call to start Curry over Ellis. Okay, he he signed Iguodala. No, yes, he did. After no, it did not. Really? I looked it up. He signed Iguodala. Iguodala signed in 13. 
He signed Iguodala. Those are the four major pieces, the four major components. Everybody else was was plug and play pretty much. I mean, they didn't. Need, Durant only helped. They didn't need Durant to win. You know what I'm saying? Mark Jackson built that team, and I think had Mark Jackson been given the opportunity to stick around, I think the Warriors would have still won. Maybe not. Maybe not three. Maybe not five straight Western Conference championships. But I think that they would have been NBA Finals teams. You know why he got fired? No. Because him in the front office got into it. Oh yeah, yeah I remember that now. Yeah. They wouldn't let him. He wanted to keep control of the of the drafting process, and they didn't want him to. And I thought he was right. Mm-hmm. And he should have another coaching job. He should. He's never coached since then. Mm. Which he, is crazy when you think about it. his only coaching gig is a five twenty six win percentage with two two out of three playoff appearances, and he drafted the Knicks. The Knicks actually had a, like a thing where they wanted him to coach more. Mm. See, that's very interesting. I, I'll give it to Kerr, but I I and I. I knew the guy you were talking about who, who just said... Yeah, he does the NBA analysis stuff. He does the... the with uh, Jeff Van Gundy. He was a Nick. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I knew and that he was... He was, he was the also guy, a warrior. He was the guy who built that team, if you will. And I, and I, I respect that. So I, it's, it's like one of those weird things that it's like... Like, he's the guy responsible, but with no credit. Just didn't get a chance to pan, see it pan out. And, you know... The, it, it, it sucks because the Warriors had – he drafted so many good players that their Warriors are not biting themselves in the ass for not giving it to him. But I think the flip side to it is that really since he's left, none of their draft picks have really panned out. Mm-hmm. None of their draft picks have been the next guy to fill like a void. Like they have. Ne- well, they- granted, they had later picks. Like that's a big thing too. I understand that, but 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 – like Clay Thompson wasn't a top five pick. Draymond Green wasn't a top no, ten pick. No, Draymond Green was a second, and Clay Thompson was eleven, I think. But or, still, or, I mean, top fifteen. You know, but still, eleven is still a very big gamble. In the oh NBA. yeah. I mean, so and that's it for the Western Conference. So I'm gonna move to the Eastern Conference. Come, they can go piss. All right, we're gonna do your favorite team now, anyway. Oh dear. Boston Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this one is, in my opinion, it's it, it's easy, but there's still a lot of notableness to go on to it. First coach is Brad Stevens, 2013 to current for six plus seasons, 549 win percentage, one division title, five playoff appearances, two Eastern Conference Finals appearances. This is the first team I did. I realize it listing all their appearances. For <laughs> stupid. And is a one-time NBA All Star coach. Um, Doc Rivers, 2004-2013 for nine seasons, 577 win percentage, six division titles, seven playoff appearances. One-time NBA champion, two-time conference champion, two-time All-Star coach. Brad Stevens is, in my opinion, the best head coach in basketball right now. But he's hasn't he hasn't developed the pedigree to be the better Celtics coach since the two thousands. I agree with that, but I'm still going to go Brad Stevens. I'm going to go Doc Rivers, and I, and I say that because I think he in the overall better head coach. I think he's the better head coach, but Doc Rivers took that team to two NBA Finals. And he built, and, and that's another team. He built that team kind of from whateverness. Well, in a sense, yeah. The 04, when he took over in 04, that was kind of when the Celtics were kind of on that downswing, the end of the Anton Walker era. Mm-hmm. That's when Walker shipped off and went to Miami. They got lucky that they were able to add Kevin Garnett in trade and sign Ray Allen. But I think that Doc, I, I, I refuse to believe there wasn't a hand, Doc Rivers didn't have any hands in that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree. And. 
and, and at the same time too, I mean, Doc Rivers did a pretty. I think Doc Rivers did a really good job with the pieces that he was dealt after Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett left. Mass. Doc Rivers. Cool. All right, let's move on to the hometown kid, Toronto Raptors. Mass, I'm going to expect a lot from you. Who do you think the best coach is? Masai. Masai? Well, too bad. That's a shot with your GM. Yeah. Shot. That's right. Hey, hold on. Give me, give me a second. I'll get there. Because, uh... No, we're, we're just yeah. going right into it. So, first up is Nick Nurse. Nurse. Got it. Nick Nurse. Um, The Raptors really haven't had a lot of good coaching. Uh, Nick Nurse, one season, 708 win percentage, a division title, a playoff appearance, an Eastern Conference championship, and an NBA championship. Not too shabby. Pretty cool when you add Kawhi. Yeah. Uh, and then Dwayne Casey, 2012-2018 uh, for seven seasons, 573 win percentage, four division titles, five playoff appearances, um, a one-time Eastern Conference Finals appearance, a coach of the year, and an all-star coach. Uh, I give it to Dwayne Casey. I do. Too. I think I I think that Nick Nurse is cementing himself with what the Raptors are doing this season without DeRozan or Leonard. Um, not that they had both, but like they lost DeRozan, who was pretty much usually responsible for getting them to the fi- the playoffs. Then they got Leonard and Green lost them. So, but Nick Nurse is is putting together a pretty good squad. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think he's starting to cement himself as a top tier coach in the NBA. But it's kind of hard to argue when all your you had one season and it was all success. You went straight to the top and won big, but you signed arguably the best two way player in basketball. So I agree with everything. That's why I give it to Dwayne Casey. I didn't think it's too early for Nick Nurse. Agreed. Says the guy who wanted to put Joe Girardi on, or uh, Joe Madden on the Angels coaching thing. A guy, who better had, than Brad a guy who hasn't <laughs> even actually managed a game there yet. All right, moving on to a Brooklyn Nets team, also known as the New Jersey Nets. We're gonna uh, we have two New Jersey Nets coaches. So the Lawrence Frank era saw seven coach seasons at a four eighty three oh. win percentage with two division titles, four playoff appearances. He's the loser. <laughs> um, and then Byron Scott, uh, two thousand two thousand four for four total seasons. 500 or 517 win percentage, two division titles, two playoff appearances, two-time Eastern Conference championship, and an all-star coach. Just couldn't get it done in the finals. That back-to-back appearances. He faced the Lakers and the Spurs, so I don't... Oh, I don't blame because that team was totally undermatched. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's... A, I, I think that he did... The fact that he got that team to the Eastern Conference Finals, or to the NBA Finals twice in a row, is enough for me. Yeah. We did after that doesn't matter. He wasn't very good after that. Yeah, I think it's just, it's one of those things. It, it 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 doesn't even matter what what I'm trying to say. It's just outmatched, outgunned, but best you can do. Hmm. That's it. The New York Knickerbockers. <laughs> Mike Woodson from 2011 to 2014 had a 580 <laughs> win percentage, two playoff appearances, and one division title. And then the Jeff Van Gundy in New York Knicks, 1995 to 2002. Uh, there was just nobody else. I know he did most of his damage in the 90s, but there was nobody else to just pick from. Uh, seven seasons, 590 win percentage, six playoff appearances, a Eastern Conference championship, and one-time All-Star coach, Jeff Van Gundy. I mean, that's got to be the guy. 
Jeff Van Gundy's my pick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate the Knicks have been as bad as they've been for so long that you can't have a conversation with a 2000s guy. Hmm? I want him to return to coaching. Hmm. Do you think he would have success? Yeah. I want to see so? I want to see an NBA Finals where it's him versus Stan Van Gundy. <sighs> they couldn't look any different. I feel like I know what the next team is. The Philadelphia 79ers. Yeah, that's only one choice. That's not true. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. First coach is Larry Brown from 1997 to 2003. 5.54 winning percentage, five playoff appearances, one division title, a Eastern Conference Championship, a Coach of the Year award, and an all-star coach appearance. And the second coach is Brett Brown, who is the current coach of six-plus seasons of the 76ers with a 371 win percentage. Know what you're thinking. Sounds super low if you don't know NBA. Gotcha. But hear me out. Two playoff appearances, and he built the team from the worst all-time record in NBA history to a 50-plus win team in just two years. Uh, Everyone likes to think of the process as Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Brett Brown is just as much of a part of that process. He was there before all those guys were drafted. He drafted all those guys. He was there when they got hurt. Yep. He's been as much a part of the process. And, I mean, we talk about the Sixers as being an NBA Finals threat out of the East. And Brett Brown's a big part of that, especially dealing with injuries from Embiid, uh, extreme adversity every time they drafted somebody that was supposed to be really good from their rookie year, injured right out of the gate. I mean, Markel Fultz missed a year. Okafor missed a year. No, he didn't. Oh, no. Noel missed a year. Embiid missed a year. And Simmons missed a year. And Zyrie Smith. And Zyrie Smith. And when they get. Zahari Wade and Bronny James Jr. They'll sit out for a year because it's Sixers mentality. But I understand that there's nobody else but Larry Brown and Kyle's mind because he took him to the finals. But, I mean, Brett Brown took this team from... Because it's not like they were good before he got there. They haven't been good for some time. Until not recently. I give it to Brett Brown. I meant Brent Brown, not Larry Brown. Oh, all right. So, two for Brett Brown? Yeah. I agree with Brett Brown. All right. Nash, you're relevant. That's all right. Like um, my team. Whoa. On to you got your the, team raw. On to the Chicago Bulls, man. Uh, pretty much a no-brainer here. Yep. Scott down right now. Scott Skiles, five seasons, 490 win percentage, three playoff appearances. Fun fact, guy holds the record for most assists in a game as a member of the Orlando Magic, 30 assists. <laughs> um, I like that. I had to give him something to go with. And then uh, Tom Thibodeau, 2010-2015 for five seasons, 647 win percentage, two division titles, five playoff appearances, one-time coach of the year, one-time all-star coach. It's Tom Thibs. As aforementioned, I'm a Tom Thibodeau guy. Weird hair. So, weird hair. Weird face. Weird body, too. But all coach. The guy kind of looks like he's like a... Honestly, he looks like a like a bag of potatoes that wears a suit. Yeah, like if... And a wig. Like, if you saw him naked, like, what's that sack of potatoes doing here? But he's got... Never mind. <laughs> this joke is going nowhere fast. On to the Milwaukee Bucks. George Carl from 1998 to 2003 compiled a four, 5.42 win percentage. One division title and four playoff appearances. And then Mike Budenholzer, the current coach who's coached for one plus year, is 742 win percentage with a division title, one playoff appearance, a all-star coach, and coach of the year. This one for me, I mean... It will be Mike Budenholzer. It's 
it's one of those things, like, the Mike Budenholzer thing is kind of the same deal as, like, the Nick Nurse thing. Like, I, I don't know if it's too too early. Plus, like, Mike Budenholzer, kind of like Nick Nurse, was just pretty much handed, like, an all-star lineup right out of the game. Giannis. Huh? He was given Giannis. But he was also given Middleton. He was given, uh, what's the other guy there? Bogdanovich? Bledsoe. What was the other one they had? Not Bogdanovich. The other guy that sounds like him. The one that went to the Pacers. Oh, Brogdon. Brogdon. They don't sound the same, but I always confuse them. That's about right. So, I don't know. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks team was really nothing to be excited about in the 2000s, early 2000s. I mean, he got four playoff appearances out of them. Budenholzer. I mean, Budenholzer's a better coach. I mean, granted, he was given an all-star lineup to work with, but Budenholzer's just a better coach. That's my pick. I don't I like know. The name. I think George Carl. Good What's your reasoning, though? Just well, yeah. Think about it. George Carl had less talent, way less talent. Yeah. He worked with Michael Red, <laughs> and that's about it. And he ended up getting. I dropped sixty in MSG. He he was able to get the best out of true. No, nah, I think it was forty or something. Uh, if he dropped, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Uh, Kyle was at the game that he dropped like forty-five. No, Brandon Jennings. Oh, uh, yeah, I was. I was at the game. Michael Red was one of the fastest players to ever play basketball. It was insane. Oh, I didn't think they. I think he got the most out of a. So we're gonna give it to George Carl. You guys said Mike Budenholzer. Well, I said Carl. I agree with Budenholzer, thinking that Paul said it, but I agree with the mass because he said it. I have the name. Well, uh, Rebecca's asleep, and I did it, so we'll go with Carl. All right. All right, on to the Cleveland Browns. Just kidding, Cavs. I threw away two note cards because I accidentally wrote Browns twice. <laughs> um, so we'll start off with Mike Brown, the 2005 to 2010 head coach, as well as the 2013-2014 head coach for six total seasons. A 620 win percentage, two division titles, five playoff appearances, a one-time Eastern Conference champion, a one-time coach of the year, and a one-time All-Star coach. Uh, one side note for him, um, the Cavaliers team that he took to the NBA Finals, way worse, did not belong there. <laughs> Kudos to the coaching. And then next is Tyron Lue, 2015 to 2019 for four seasons, 607 win percentage, three division titles, three playoff appearances, three-time Eastern Conference champion, one-time NBA champion, one-time All-Star coach. I give it to Mike Brown. Yeah. Tyron Lue was more of a yes man. He was more of the who's the who's the figurehead that we're going to put in front of the camera to say what LeBron wants to say. I agree, and I have a question. So, plus, we, also that Cavs team was way stacked compared to. Did Lou have any prior coaching experience? Uh, he was an assistant. Yeah, he was an assistant. So for, this, this he was, was Mike Brown's assistant. So this was kind of like his his first go of it, and then yeah. having LeBron James. Oh no, he was David Blatt's assistant. Oh yeah, yeah, he was Blatt's assistant, but more or less the same. Was that ice described? Yeah, he just the, the David Blatt didn't work out for the year that they had him, and uh, even though he did, he did, but he didn't. LeBron and, just didn't like him. Yeah, and then that was the guy that kind of looked like Putin. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yep, and then they were just like, "Yeah, we'll just kind of go from within," which to me sounds like LeBron just saying, "Like, ah, just give it the fucking some schmo on the bench. <laughs> Who cares who the coach is? It's me." Um, not th- not saying he's a bad guy or anything. I'm, uh, uh, LeBron, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying like LeBron's one of those players that kind of has the coaching mentality while he plays. I mean, look what he's doing with Alex Caruso. <laughs> but I'm gonna give it to Mike Brown. Mass. I like Mike Brown. 
Yeah, what you look like? Why would you think that I know that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's bald, black, and wears glasses. Well, that's not right. Profile, profile mask. Hmm. All right, on to the Detroit Pistons. First up, Larry Brown. Um. 2003 to 2005 for two seasons, 659 win percentage, a division title, two playoff appearances, two-time Eastern Conference champion, one-time NBA champion. So in his two seasons, went to back-to-back finals. Not really sure why they got rid of him. He retired. Oh, yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> and then the other coach is Flip Saunders from 2005 to 2008, three seasons, had a 715 win percentage, three division titles, three playoff appearances, and a one-time coach of the year. I agree with Larry Brown. He was I able to get too. the most out of the five core. I mean, that's – I see, I don't know my NBA history, but that's awesome. Coach two years, go to the finals twice, win one, retire. Did, did he retire on a high note? I mean, all right, so They I won get, the first one, lost the second one. So, I guess not that it matters, they beat but the, – They beat the Spurs. They beat the Spurs, and then they lost to the Spurs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's still cool. So, that, that's, that's my pick. Now he coaches at SMU. Or he did. I don't know if he just said I did not like that. That popped my ears really loud. Sorry. Trying to get a fruit fly. Didn't get it. All right. Moving on to the Indiana Pacers. Frank Vogel, 2010 to 2016 with a 580 win percentage. Two division titles, five playoff appearances, one-time All-Star. And the other one is Rick Carlisle. Four seasons with a 552 win percentage, a division <sighs> title, three playoff appearances, one-time All-Star coach. Uh, I mean, pretty much the same fucking guy. <laughs> Pretty much the same record, same stat. Um, I mean, in my opinion, if we're going based off the Pacers, I give it to Carlisle because they kind of did the same amount of damage. If you, if you were to expand Carlisle from four seasons to six seasons, I think he would have gotten two more playoff appearances and one more division title. Um, I give it to Rick Carlisle because he did pretty much the same amount of damage without Paul George. <laughs> I give it to Frank Vogel because he did that damage with Paul George. Hmm. <laughs> I give it to Vogel because I like his name. Uh, I'm going to go Vogel on this one. <laughs> did I kick the headphones out? You guys still here? Nah. Nope. Mask get on the ground. Get the headphones. Got a segment to do here. You fucking bitch. The mics still work, though, right? They still work. All right. Yeah. All right, on to the Miami Heat. This is a very intriguing one. Souls, you think so? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to start off with Patrick Riley. 1995 to 2003, and then again in 2005 to 2008 for 11 total seasons. A 535 win percentage, six division titles, eight playoff appearances, one-time Eastern Conference champion, one-time NBA champion, one-time coach of the year. And then second was Eric Spolstra, who's been coaching since 2008 for 11 plus seasons. 593 win percentage, six division titles, eight playoff appearances, four time Eastern Conference champion, two time NBA champion, one time All Star, one time coach of the year. On paper, it's Eric Spolstra without a doubt. But Eric Spolstra also had the luxury of having arguably the most dominant big three in NBA history. Um, not that he's not a good coach, I think he's a fantastic coach, but Pat Riley is also an amazing coach. I mean, Pat Riley has the credentials that go above and beyond just the Miami Heat team. He's also a great general manager. I'm giving it to Spolstra because of what he did after those guys left. Yet, 
they didn't make the playoffs or anything or whatever, but he kept them relevant. I think like without he LeBron left and the other two guys stayed, and I think like he kept them exactly where they were after Wade and Bosch after Bosch got sick and Wade ended up leaving. I thought he did a fantastic job with the core that he had. I I didn't think that it was a very good coaching job. You can go back under the table if you want. So I give it to Spolster as well. For the reason that if Pat Riley won a cha- that championship with just Dwayne Wade, I would give it. I'd be leaning more towards Pat Riley, but he also had Shaq, <laughs> who was still very dominant at the time. Yeah. Plus, they had a very good cast around him. They had White Chocolate. They had Gary Antoine Payton. Walker. They had Gary Payton. They had Udonis Haslam. They had a lot of good guys on that team. I mean, my vote is for Pat Riley, uh, just because of the success. Because you're a white supremacist. <laughs> you glory road loving fuck. That is irrelevant. You know he was uh, the point guard on the Kentucky team that, that played the Texas team. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, there's just too many you know hip hop lines about Pat Riley to be denied. So that's true. I mean, think about this. this uh, you know, anytime that you can do you know a line about the Heat, Pat Riley is 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 one of the setup lines, or, or you know. So shout out to rap fans from 2004 on. <laughs> All right, moving on real quick. The Orlando Magic, Stan Van Gundy, 2007-2012 for five years. 657 win percentage, three division titles, five playoff appearances, one-time Eastern Conference champion, and a one-time coach of the year. And then Doc Rivers, 1999-2004, to uh, 504 win percentage, three playoff appearances, one-time coach of the year. And the coach of the year that he won was extremely notable because he won it with like a 500 record but the team was slated to like only win eight games, and he, they were fighting for a playoff spot. But I, I go Stan Van Gundy. He took him to. He took again, kind of like the argument we made about that that Cavs team. This Magic team had no business being in the finals, and that the Spurs showed why. But he got him there. So I choose Doc just because. Of course you do, because T Mac. No, <laughs> he had T Mac. But I didn't think that team was way worse than the team that Sam and Gundy had. And ended up getting more out of them than any other coach would have. Which led him to the coach year today. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was Sam and Gundy. Took him to the finals. And it's not like that team was like, an, it's not like that team was leaps and bounds better. Van Gundy. Yes, fuck you, sir. Alright, we got We still got another vote. I know, I know. Okay. Atlanta Hawks. Mike, Mike Budenholzer, 2013-2018. Five seasons, 520 win percentage, one division title, four playoff appearances, a one-time coach of the year, and a one-time all-star coach. And then Mike Woodson, six seasons, 419 win percentage, three playoff appearances. I think it's a Budenholzer. Budenholzer. Tolls? I think I'm going to go with Budenholzer. He just, like, chimes back in after being silent for 45 minutes. Minus 10 points. All right, we're almost there, boys. The the two worst ones we're going to go over here. The Washington Wizards, Scott Brooks, three-plus seasons, sub-500 record, two playoff appearances. And then Randy Whitman, five seasons, sub-500 record, two playoff appearances. 
Uh, I give it to Scott Brooks because he's been finding some success without John Wall. Just making Bradley Beal the superstar that he is. Yeah. Uh, Randy for being Walt's son. All right. Good and then the Charlotte Hornets, Steve Clifford, five seasons, sub-500 record, two playoff appearances. And then Paul Silas, six seasons, sub-500 record, four playoffs, two appearances. Come <laughs> on, Paul Silas. Yeah. Paul. Only because he had an eight-year gap in between. <laughs> and there we have it. That's the NBA. So I think we're going to take a quick two-minute break, and we're going to come in, and we're going to have to try to steamroll through some NFL we're going to save the bracket on coaches for next week. Because okay. we're already running really What time do we start? 8.30? 8.30. I mean, so we're going to be running late as it is. So we're going to do NFL. We'll do some beer reviews and stuff. And then I think we'll save the bracket and stuff for next week. You guys cool with that? Keep, keep them, uh, the listeners on the edge of the seat. Yeah. yeah. They're asleep. They're asleep. But we'll be back on Spreaker live here uh, on PPRN Radio Network. Getting sports with drunk in three minutes. And now, back to getting sports with drunk on the PPRN Radio Network. Welcome back to getting sports with drunk. I'm your host, Cuffy the Riddler, and I'm joined by cool guys, cool guys, all of them. Fuck everything. Souls. Yeah. Fuck everything. Wow. Yeah, that's about right. Souls, get off your fucking phone. Sorry. Angel. So, Mass has got the last one with the NFL. He ended up having to do both teams. Both divisions. Whatever. Conferences. Whatever the fuck this is. Who cares? Everything sucks. Well, we think the Rams can suck ass. We don't have this problem. <laughs> but they do, and we do have this problem, Kyle. So it's shut the fuck up. The Lego movie. Everything is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Everything sucks when you're a fan of the Rams. <laughs> they bring you to a Super Bowl, get their ass kicked, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're the Rams. We're going to suck again. Hey, Jared Goff hasn't been looking good. You know what that means? That means the comeback of, he's a Ram, he's a Ram, he's a Ram. <laughs> Fuck! Could you imagine if that turned out to be true? There would there would be zero moments in life where Mass wouldn't be hearing that song. <laughs> I would make sure it was played everywhere. Is Jared Goff the next Mark Bolter? No, we, we made a joke that Kaepernick I don't think was Mark gonna, Bolger was that bad. We made a joke that Kaepernick was going to go to the Rams. So the I'm the Man ago. song, it was the He's a Ram, He's a Ram, He's a Ram. And because Mass hated the I'm, the I'm the Man song. That Black. Black, yeah. It's a bad song, but it is cool. Well, the thing was, is we had vault music that we had to play, two tracks of. Yeah. And like every once in a while, like a notable CD, like somebody that, like, like a top 40, whatever. So we would always play that because people would know it. Because that's what, you know, somebody would tune in and it's like, it's great, you want to support the local bands, but sometimes people would tune into the radio station, they'd hear a band that is like, you know, plays out of their garage in Agawam Mass, and they'd be like, <laughs> the fuck is this garbage? Because, it, like, for me, you know, I can't tell you how many times, like, one time I played uh, one of those sidetracks, it was like grungy, like, basement metal, and then it went into Mungo Jerry after that. Pretty hard <laughs> to convince people to stay on your show after yeah. that. Alright, so Mass, you dumb bitch. I am a dumb bitch because I support this dumb bitch of a team. Where do we want to start, the NFC or the AFC? I would like it if you started with the AFC South. All right. Well, mostly because you didn't know the Titans were in there. Oof. I had been Discredibility. I had Everything been is awful. <laughs> Everything is bad when you love the, the Rams. What? I sure got a beer when I was up. Yeah, Kyle, why don't you grab me a beer? 
You want the other one of these uh, paper umbrellas? It's not really coconutty. I'd like to try it. You gotta get some hint of pineapple in there. It's kind of weird. I really shouldn't have a third one. I'm kind of like blind in my left eye right now. <laughs> you ever get that? Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. You're the wrong guy to ask. You ever get That's a- gonna be complete. Fuck this game! Was that about you, fucking overdramatic <laughs> ass? They call it a they call it a catch. Is that Earl Boykin? Yeah, point guard for the. <laughs> oh, that's catch. That's an inbounds catch. Ball did move a little bit. So we're not doing the NFL thing. We nope. better we better call Mike Pereira on a different uh, <laughs> a different. And it's a catch. face mask. Hey. <laughs> 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 it's, it's so dumb. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Listen, this is a radio show. The, the gaming... Colts. One answer. Tony Dungy. Like he was the first black guy to win a Super Bowl, you racist. Tony Dungy. He's eighty-five and twenty-seven in his career as the Indianapolis head Colt. Uh, the Indianapolis. Head Colt. Shut up, head Colt. <laughs> Can't hear him. He's my headset right now. That's really unfortunate for you. Eighty-five you and twenty-seven. That's a seven fifty-nine winning percentage. That's fucking nuts. Never had a year where he didn't go to the playoffs. Jim Caldwell <laughs> inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a head coach. That's pretty cool. Uh, Tony Dungy is my pick. If there's any other pick, you're wrong. Frank Reich. You're still wrong. Well, drafted Quentin Nelson. I mean, he didn't draft J- Quentin Jim Nelson. Jim Caldwell did take them to the Super Bowl a second time in the, in that uh, that span. But uh, well, congratulations to. Uh, I want to give congratulations real quick to uh, Kyle and Kendall. I am now a deep hater. Of the Ravens of Baltimore. Good. I was in second place in my FanDuel league. The kicker one. Where you picked a kicker from each tier. And then one just random fucking player. I picked Lamar Jackson. I'm point two points from first place. And they benched Lamar Jackson. Rip. All he needed all, all he needed was five more rushing yards. And I would have had that. And he got in yeah. first place. So the, diff, the it would have been eight more dollars. Which, not a big fucking deal, but. Still. All right, so uh, so Frank Vogel? Yep. No, so, yeah, Tony Dungy, I mean. Is there another answer? No. No. Chuck Pagano. I mean, good stint, for sure. Texans. Terrible. <laughs> he just signed. They're going to the Super Bowl already. <laughs> All right, so. Whoever the head coach was that put up with Matt Schwab. Guy almost be a saint. <laughs> no pun intended. That was Gary Kubiak. Good coordinator. Yeah. Uh, Bad so, coach. So Bill O'Brien, uh, first one, uh, has a 49 and 42 record, good for a uh, .538 winning percentage. He's gone to the playoffs three out of uh, six years he's been coaching. Um, hasn't really done anything exceedingly notable besides that. He is a terrible GM, so there is that. Um, then you got Kerry Kubiak, uh, 61 and 64 in his time, uh, and went to the playoffs two out of nine years while he was there. Yeah. 
Gary Kubiak is just one of the uh, like every every league has its issues. You know, NBA is like the you know you, you you find a really good head coach that you keep for eight years, but you know after a while the se- conference semifinals aren't getting it done for you, so you let him go on the risk that you're going to find something better. Uh, you know, footballs is. Hey, this guy was A plus at coordinating. Let's take a shot at his coaching skills. And more times than not, not so good. Gary yeah. Kubiak, great coordinator. Pretty mad coach. Bill O'Brien's got a better uh, playoff record? Yes. Bill O'Brien. I give it to Bill O'Brien. Give it to Bill O'Brien because you have to deal with Tom Savage. <laughs> Tom Savage is the GOAT, by the way. All right. No, no, no. He is a GOAT. <laughs> then we move to the Jags. Number one, we have Doug Marone. Really? Yeah. We said that. Doug Marone. <laughs> he, said uh, like, he said it like it's like the distant cousin of the Barone. He's 20 and 25 <laughs> with a .444 winning percentage, and he's been to the playoffs one out of four years he's been there. He's two-thirds of the devil. <laughs> Next up, we have Jack Del Rio. Yeah. Yeah, Jack Del Rio. I don't even care what the stats are. All right. Because Doug Marone is blech. All right, so we're moving to the Titans. <laughs> Jeff Fisher, baby. <laughs> is Jeff there another Fisher, answer? baby. I got nothing. I, I have a vote coming for him later as well. All right, so Jeff Fisher, 142 and 120 in his career for the Titans. Yeah, fucking baller. Uh, 0.542 winning percentage. Went to the playoffs six out of 17 years. Jeff Fisher looks like the dad that shares a beer with, like, his daughter's prom date. <laughs> Before the prom. At the prom. <laughs> Does anybody else have any contentions? The only other person I was going to think to put in is Vrabel, and he's only been there a season. Oh, I just won. Never mind. I forgot I had Tucker. What about Wade Phillips? He was there. He was, but I didn't think he was worthy enough compared to everybody else that was there. All right. Um, move to the AFC North, uh, the Bills, Sean McDermott. Well, that's another shot for you, Jack Wagon. AFC East. AFC East, yep. Oh, real quick, I saw something pretty funny that you said the AFC North, though. Mason Rudolph's having a real rough November against them. The Ravens knocked him out. The Browns tried to kill him. (laughs) Or what was it? It was the Ravens knocked him out. The The Browns knocked his head. And the Bengals knocked him out. Yeah. Not doing good in the yeah, division. I forget what it was. All right. Really funny, though. Bills. Sean McDermott. Currently 23-20. and 20, uh, Has been in the playoffs one out of three years. Uh, defenses have looked pretty good. Um, here's a here's a throwback name. Dick Geron. I remember him. Yeah. Uh, 24-33 and 33 as a head coach. Uh, never made the playoffs. So I think this one's pretty obvious. Yeah, Sean McDermott's pretty good. Yeah, definitely turned that team around from kind of being in the middle to being a contender. All right. Jets. Herm Edwards. That's it. Anybody else? <laughs> Mangini? I mean, I mean, Rex Ryan took him to two AFC championships. Ryan was the other head coach. Ryan had a 46-50 and 50 record, made the playoffs two out of six years. Herm Edwards was 39 and 41 and made playoffs three out of five. You know, it's interesting. I think that 
the Herm Edwards teams were better, but Rex Ryan did pretty well with Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Perhaps maybe it was a better motivator. If that Defenses makes were pretty good. Always gave the Patriots a pretty hard time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. That's tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stand by Herm Edwards, though. Okay. I'll so give it to Herm. Paul? Herm. All right, Herm is. All right. You play to win the game. To the bottom of the barrel. Dolphins. So we have Tony Sperano, who was 29-32, and 32, made the playoffs once. And then you had Joe Philbin, who was 24-28. and 28, And that's literally the only thing notable about his stint. Sperano, he had a mustache. All right. Yeah, the players didn't hate him as much. Paul? I, I don't have a comment on this. This is, this is the Charlotte Hornets we're doing here, and I don't really... <laughs> I did enough suffering... All right, so um, finishing out the division, Patriots, Belichick, moving on. It's a shame that there isn't someone else we could talk about. Belichick. Yeah. That is the conversation for the entire AFC. <sighs> um, AFC North, you get to start off with the Steelers. Uh, Tomlin has been 130-71-1 and 71 and one during his time as a coach. Uh, good for a career uh, six four six winning percentage. He's been to the playoffs in eight out of thirteen seasons. Um, won Super Bowl forty three, and interestingly enough, was named the Dapper Dan Sportsman of the Year in two thousand eight. Now, what is that award? <laughs> Let's find out what that is. Sounds made up. I found it on Wikipedia. Sounds like an internet thing to me. Um, I'll tell you in a second. Dapper Dan Charities were founded by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette editor Al Abrams Abrams in 1936. It is one of the oldest nonprofit and fundraising communities in the sports world. So So it's legit. Yeah. So he won that. Not a great name, but... uh... Uh, And then you had Bill Cowher. Got 149-90 record. Uh, playoffs 10 out of 15 seasons, went, won Super Bowl 40, and was Coach of the Year in 92. Uh, I've always been a coward guy. It's it's a bias. I just think that he's better. I'm going with Mike Tomlin. Okay. And, and I'm saying that because of pretty much – He's been through a lot of adversity, and he's done a very good job of overcoming it. Granted, Cal wouldn't let that happen, but Mike Tomlin, I think, has done a very good job of I like Tomlin a lot. I think it was it was a perfect hire. And he's never had a losing record. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that's not true. I believe... Oh, you said Tomlin didn't have a losing record. I apologize. I was about to say, Cowher had one year of a losing record. I think he was 6-10. and 10. I think six ten one year. Yeah, then he got banned. Uh, Paul. Uh, see, I want to go with Tomlin, but the guy can't win a challenge. <laughs> and that's like a pretty big coach. Two this year. Yeah, so now he's what two for eighty? Hey, it's better than zero oh, for eighty two. No, not really. <laughs> I want to go with Tomlin. I'm gonna go. With Cower. Tomlin won his Super Bowl with Cower's guys. Rebecca? 
Joe Tomlin also took a team to the Super Bill Bowl. Bill Cowher, Mike Cowers Tomlin. Guys. Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher. All right. Um, let's see. I'm okay with either one. Just saying. No, now you got both. I'm actually trying to find uh, Tomlin's challenge. Uh, he is <laughs> 34 for 76. I don't know if that's bad. So it's a St. Louis Rams logo with a paper bag over its head, and then it says L.A. Rams, and it's the same paper bag except this is Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Um, all right, so AFC continuing with the Ravens. Harbro. Done. Anybody else? Brian Billick. He was also a pretty good coach. Yeah. He won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. Yeah, but the Ravens' defense was, like, amazing that year. Yeah, but he's the reason why, though. I know. I prefer Dil- uh, Billick over the Harbaugh. You he's going the better Billick? coach consistently, though. So, you can't just say you prefer someone and go with the other guy. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, I need to know if... if um, so, the Browns became the Ravens. Yep. If if he was there when the Browns were the Browns, uh, no. Okay. Uh, he was first head coach in 1999. That was the Ravens' fourth season as the Ravens. All right, Brian Billick. Okay, Souls. More Brian Billick. All right, Paul Billick. All right, Billick. It is. Um, let's see, Bengals. Marvin, Marvin Lewis. Lewis. All right. As and embarrassing as that is to say. He's also the worst coach of all time. <laughs> well, you say that. But then we get to the Cleveland Browns, and I legitimately could not find a head coach since 2000 to put on this list. What about in, uh, in 2010? Was it 2010? I don't think anybody had anything over uh, 0.33. Who's the coach that took us to the playoffs in 04? With Tim Couch? Tim Tudden, too. All right, so listen, just just for the sake of this, I'm going to give you guys the list of the Browns head coaches since 2000, okay? That's not going to matter. Chris Me. Palmer, Butch Davis, Terry Rabeski, Romeo Cornell, Eric awesome. Mangini, Pat Shermer, Rob Chudzinski, Mike Pettin, Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams, and Freddie Kitchen. Do you have anybody on there that you would actually put on? Yeah, as- Butch Davis. Can we put... Because um, he went to the playoffs. Who was the defensive yeah. coordinator that took over last year? Greg Williams. Can we put him on there? I mean... I offered it. I just said it. The Browns were pretty good under him. They just fucked up by not keeping him. Yeah, he was. they were 5... I give and, it to him. They were 5-3 and three under him for the end of the season. I give it to him. Greg Williams. Bush. Wrapped. Are we actually going with Greg Williams? Yeah. Even though, uh, you know... Fuck Greg Williams, but still. Um, all right, AFC West. Broncos. You got Kubiak, who was there for two years. Went 21-11 and 11 and won Super Bowl 50. And then retired. Peyton Manning won that Super Bowl. No, Peyton Manning's corpse got dragged across the line <laughs> for that Super Bowl. Mike Shanahan. Was there for most of the 90s, but also played into the 2000s, so I counted him. 
Shanahan went 13, or I'm sorry, 138 and 86. So you got 13 wins. Went to the playoffs seven out of 14 season and won two Super Bowls in 97 and 98. I go Mike Shanahan. He was a good coach. Yeah. He's just unfortunate. Plus, yeah, plus the other two is not that Gary Kubiak wasn't a good coach, but he also benefited from the defense that John Fox built. Yeah, and he had Peyton Manning. The corpse of Peyton Manning. Yeah, Mike Shanahan. All right. Chiefs. Andy Reid. All right. Andy Reid went 96 and or has gone 96 and 65 so far and has been to the playoffs five out of seven years, has made it to the AFC Championship game, is the farthest he's made it as the Chiefs head coach. Um, the only other one that I could really find that was decent in that time was Dick Vermeil. And that's a throwback. Uh, Vermeil right. went to, uh, or I'm sorry, Vermeil was 44 and 36 with a, uh, went to the playoffs one year during his tenure. I believe he was there for four years. And I think the answer to this one is pretty obvious. Yep. Right. Yep. Raiders. Him. It's him. Who color? Yes. Gruden. <laughs> All right. So. Do we want oh, stats or we just... Rio. All right, so th- we're going to read these. Gruden ha- went uh, 38 and 26 uh, in his first stint, I'm counting, um, and went to the playoffs two out of four years. Uh, Del Rio went 25 and 23 and went to the playoffs one out of three seasons. Gruden. Okay. Wait, hold on. Just read the people. Two other people. Uh, I mean, we talked Tom Cable for a second. We are not talking Tom Cable. <laughs> Who's the head coach that took the that took Gannon to the Super Bowl? Uh, did, oh my God! Um, was it his son, Mark Davis? No, I can't remember his name. It what wasn't was his it? fault they lost the Super Bowl. It was Rich Gannon's yeah. fault. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he throw the, five picks. Yeah, I think something like that. But that's like the only thing he ever did. Not that it, not that it, oh, he took a team to the Super Bowl. It's nothing. But it was kind of Bill like, Callahan. Yeah, that's kind of like a one and done thing. Okay, Gruden. <laughs> Gruden. 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 Chargers. North Turner. No, I don't believe that. Marty Schottenheimer's my guy. Okay. Marty Schottenheimer. Anthony Lynn. Oh, God. <laughs> Anthony Lynn is 25 and 18. He's been to the playoffs one year. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer was 47 <laughs> and 33. Went to the playoffs two out of five and won coach of the year in 2004. Marty Schottenheimer never should have been fired. After the 06 season. Never should have been fired. It's the biggest crime in... And so what Denver Marvel. tried to do with John Fox. Or Lovey Smith with the Bears. Yes. So, Schottenheimer? Schottenheimer. That team went in the toilet right after he was fired. All right. Have I gone through all of the AFC now? Yes. All right. Yes. NFC. <clears throat> We're starting with the NFC West, the uh, Giants. The oh. NFC West, the Giants. Do you want to go ahead and take a shot? He was mocking you. All right. Thank you, Paul. I'll take a shot. Um, we will start with... Well, technically, the... I'm not wrong if I said the NLS, but the Giants are in the NLS. But let's just not go there. I follow. I knew where you were going. So the NFC North. Green Bay Packers really only had one guy. McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Yeah, Mike McCarthy. 
Whatever, Mike McCarthy. All right. Chicago Bears, I would say, only also had one person. Bobby Smith. 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 No yep. problem there. All right. Minnesota Vikings. Zimmer. Zimmer or Childress? Zimmer. Ooh, Brian Childress. Grossest guy in America. Brad Childress, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> grossest guy in America. He got a mole on the left side of his face. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that WWE girl Jillian that had the big mole on her yeah. face that like the boogeyman bit off? Yeah, that was weird. That was hot. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Zimmer. I'm excited for this one. Go ahead. That that was it. Zimmer or Childress. Some of the line. All right. Well, nobody voted except for me. I said Zimmer. You didn't. No, you didn't. You said I Childress. Said Childress grossest guy in America. I'm going Childress. Josh Childress. <laughs> You're wrong. Yeah, Zimmer. They suck, both of them. Detroit Lions. Is it really anybody but Caldwell? What was the year when they went 0-16? I want him. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Caldwell. Was it? Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it was. No, I think he's right. It's not. Who was it then? Lions. Bo Callahan? Caldwell, I can tell you that. He came out the year after. Lions 0-16 uh, was Marinelli. Yeah, suck it, Ken. Wow. You just got a pick. Yeah, golf is it? fucking terrible. Okay. Nope, oh, here we go. We're going back into the end. Marcus again. Peters. Did he really? No, Jimmy Smith. Uh all right, all right. I'm actually kind of upset it wasn't Marcus Peters. Are you sure that's not Marcus Peters? Yeah, twenty two Jimmy Smith. No, twenty one. Peters and twenty four. Oh, there he is. He's alright. Alright. Um Is there anybody but Caldwell? No. I mean there's nobody really, honestly, to be honest with you. Alright. Uh, NFC when, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won more has won the NFC North more recently than the Lions, you don't yeah. really have anything to talk about. No. But just I I don't understand. Just, just go with the coaches. All right. Uh NFC South. Saints. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Yeah. All right. Carolina Panthers. John Fox. I kind of agree. So John Fox was seventy three and seventy one. Went to the playoffs three out of eight years. Ron Rivera is seventy six and sixty two. Made the playoffs four out of nine years and made it to Super Bowl fifty. Ron Rivera. John Fox made it to Super Bowl. Has he? So did Ron Rivera. They lost to the Patriots. I didn't think Fox was the coach for that year. He was. Ron Rivera. Going with Big Bad Ron. All right. Riverboat Ron it is. Guys, Super Bowl ring. John Fox does No, does anyone really call him Riverboat Ron? Uh, I don't know. That was his name on the 85 Bears. I did not know that. Yeah. Jeff Fisher was also a member of the 85 Bears. <laughs> yes, the best member of the 85 <laughs> <laughs> That plaque was... That, that's the greatest plaque ever. All right, um... Too bad you guys couldn't kick one of those 60-point field goals. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Bucks. Um, Gruden. John Gruden. Yep. I mean, Gruden was 57-55, made the playoffs five years. It wasn't his team. And won Super Bowl 50, or 37. But it wasn't his team. Who's the other one? I forget the guy's name. Who was the coach before him? I can't remember. Oh, well, it was Tony Dungy. It was yeah. Tony Dungy's team, technically. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 
Paul's right, but it's Gruden, like, kind of just by circumstance. It's just... I guess. It, Bruce. Is, Bruce. Don't, don't you put Bruce. that team together? Oh. Marcus Peters and Jalen Ramsey shit talk. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you also got traded here, but we're not even doing anything like Mika Fitzpatrick. Who's the <laughs> wrong team? Kyle, imagine if you had all three of them. I would like a shot, if that's okay. No. Because by some unlikely happening, I beat Tyler. <laughs> Which means... <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. I'm okay. <laughs> Dan Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Smith. Anybody? Well, Mike Smith was my father. Yeah. So, Mike Smith. <laughs> Dan Quinn. 66 and 46 and 589 win percentage. Made playoffs four out of seven years. Kind of gave Dan Quinn his team. Dan Same Quinn, argument. But Dan Quinn went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Should have won that Super Bowl. Should have. Didn't. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for saying things everybody already knew. You should have won the Super Bowl, but you didn't. Yeah, I know. NFC East. But I did. Eagles. <laughs> Eagles? Eagles. I would probably still give it to Andy Reid. Yeah. Like, even though Doug Peterson won a title, Andy Reid was, had better... So Reed was 130. Doug Peterson's, a, Doug Peterson's a better play caller than he's a coach. So Reed was 130 and 93. Made the playoffs eight out of 12 years. Made it to the championship game four times, and then lost Super Bowl 39, and was voted coach of the year in 2002. Andy Reed. Andy Reed has more success than Doug Marone. The only thing Doug Marone has is the winning Peterson. side of the Super Bowl. Peterson. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um. Which I know is big, but it's not like Andy Reed. Andy Reed made it to a Super Bowl, so it's not like he's light. And Andy Reid like was like is like a he's a legit quarterback whisperer. The guy fucking made Michael Vick a household name again. And anybody who can do that to the Giants on Christmas is awesome. Cowboys. Jason Garrett. Wade Phillips is also there. Jason Phillips Garrett. was thirty four and twenty two and made the playoffs two out of four years. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett made the playoffs three out of nine. Wade Phillips. <laughs> I still give it I give it to Jason Garrett Jason Garrett's been plagued with injuries I mean the best player on offense and defense every year is out I like Wade Phillips better but I'm going to give it to Jason Garrett because I give it to presumably Wade presumably they'll make it again be going with Wade I mean Phil I mean who are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> Wade I mean Phil alright so we're moving on so now. I guess it's Jason Jason Garrett Giants. Coughlin. Tom Coughlin. All right. Oh, Pat Shermer. McAdoo. Tom Coughlin. McAdoo, close second. Yeah, Eli Manning didn't deserve to have that starting <laughs> streak keep going anyway because he sucks. Redskins. This one was tough. Jay Gruden. Jim yeah. Zorn. Jay Gruden. And he has a record of 35 and 49, made the playoffs in one yeah, year during his you tenure. See the team they I know, but it's just. Did you even look at Jim Zorn's line? Yeah, but you know what, though? He's, he was. Yes. His entire time as a Redskin was always in the playoff hunt. Yes. Always in the playoff hunt. He wasn't, he wasn't putting a team on the field like this year. I'm just happy that another Gruden won. Yeah. Don't forget, don't forget Steve Gruden. <laughs> their sister. Steve Guttenberg? No, Steve, their sister. Stephanie. All right. That's it. West. Jeff yeah. Fisher. Martz. 
thirty or fifty three and thirty two. Who? Mike Martz. What team? Rams. Rams. Greatest show on oh. Rams. Oh. Mike Martz. Like, what? <laughs> 53 and 32, went to the playoffs four out of six years and lost Super Bowl 36. Why'd you cut him? I hate Mike Martz. Um, Sean McVay. I never even saw him coach. 30 and 12. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So two guys that lost the Super Bowl are our, com- our competition, but the guy that won the Super Bowl isn't? Vermeil won in 99. Dick Vermeil? Won a Super Bowl with the Rams. But did he win it in 99? It was the 99 season. That's why I didn't include him. But he won it in 2000. See, he, this is the one time that I think Vermeil deserves over everybody else. Just No, know. Jeff Fisher for Danes. I'm not even voting for it. It doesn't matter. It's Jeff Fisher. <laughs> that is funny. All right, so are we ignoring the stipulation and giving it to Vermeil? Yeah, Jeff Fisher for sure, bro. I mean, Fisher's on my list. He's on multiple multiple team lists for me. I would give it to Sean McVay out of those two. No Sean, Mc, Sean McVay is thirty and twelve playoffs two out of three years. Lost Super Bowl fifty three and one Coach of the Year in seventeen. Mets. Who are you saying between the two of Martin McVay? Mets. So I'll give it to Mets over Vermeil. You could say his name right to start. What is it? Martz. John Matz. If that's it, I'll, I'll take Mike Marks over. Okay. Who do we go with? The guy drafted Tory Holt and I got Kurt Warner in the same fucking Marks. year. Um, Niners. Steve Mariucci. No. <laughs> 57 and 39. Went to the playoffs four out of six years. Cool. Jim Harborough. No. Harborough. 44 and 19. Are these are options? Yes. Playoffs three out of four years and lost Super Bowl forty seven. I can throw Singletary in there if you want him. Please do. <laughs> he was terrible. <gasps> and like the best part was the defense was so bad. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Forty Niners. He has Harborough versus uh Mariucci. Mariucci. Anybody? And then I guess Mariucci. Because, you know, great, you took your team. Harborough went to the Super Bowl. I mean, great. We did a Super Bowl once in playoffs, what, twice? Three out of four years. It was three out of four. I thought it was two out of four. Yeah, three out of four. Wasn't your standard bearer for all the other sports if they made it to the finals? That's, like, enough for you? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Yeah, but he hates Harborough. Yeah, but I... Why? No, I don't hate Harborough. Yes, he does. I give it to John Harborough. I think he was a good coach. That would be Jim. I just think... I think he's a good coach. I just think that he was too hot-headed for that team. I think he would have done better with a more physical style of team. I think that he would. I think he would had. I think he would have pulled more success out of the Ravens in the same amount of time that John's been there. I give it to Harbaugh. He's just more like nitty gritty. Like I he, like Har. Yeah. Both of them. I like cars. <laughs> Seahawks. Be Carroll. Be Carroll. Be Carroll. Mike Holmgren was also there. Pete Carroll. I know. I like Mike Holmgren, but Pete Carroll. All right. Bruce Arians. All right. We're done. <laughs> I mean, no, Wizard, Ken, Wizard Hunt went to the Super Bowl. So no Ken Wizard Hunt? Wizard Hunt's on there. All right. So I'll do it just for the sake of it. Arians was 49 and 32. <laughs> went to the playoffs two out of five years and Listen, won coach of the year. I like both those guys. You pick you, you pick Wizard Hunt. You never are on a team of Madden again. Well, that's and guess who's the head coach on those Madden teams? Who? Bruce Arians. <laughs> and you won't get to see his pictures anymore. Uh, 
I do like Bruce I do have an autographed picture from Ken Rosenberg, though. You didn't get an autograph, though. I didn't get an autograph. Your All dad right. got an autograph. We're done. Wrap it up. Everybody go home. Life sucks. No, your life sucks. Fuck We're in you. the wild card right now, buddy. Yeah, my, my life also sucks. This one. We're not going to be there very long, but we're there. Oh, you guys are getting bounced for hey, sure. We don't know yet. However, grab a shot? No. Why? At the end of the show. All right, fine. Rebecca said no. Oh. Since when do you side with her? I am offended. Uh, 30 seconds ago when she paid me. <laughs> Better get all that money. He sh- she showed him the back of her knee. Give me the money. Show me the money. Four million cents. Um... Beer reviews? So, yeah, next week we'll do a bracket on all the, the four sports. We'll talk about it in, amongst ourselves over the week. And yes, and Jeff Fisher will be on this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure, for sure. And probably both brooding. So, I guess I'll start. Beer review? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. The Riddler got me Mill Highlight, my favorite beer of all time. You have to let everybody know. But you're a psycho. Suck my dick already. I had a two of the champagne bottles. Delicious. Easy to drink a beer. Even if ice cold, it wasn't. Got through it, no problem. Closing out here tonight with the Goose Island. Um, Paper umbrella. Umbrella. Uh, a coconut something or other. So it's a tropical idea. It's it's not as bad as I anticipated. Whenever I hear coconut, I'm like immediately turned off. But uh, this is fine. This is fine. It's it, it's tasty. Uh, 4.5% and uh, my mic sacking up that's all I have to say about that. Sold? I had the ever-so-loving Super Duper Double Citra. It was quacktastic, as new kids call it these days. Um, it was very citrusy, which I really like. It w- had a good... Didn't have a strong aftertaste, which is always good. I love it. I love it a lot. Thank you, Paulus. I said bourbon. I had... I had what? <laughs> <laughs> He's right, you know. <laughs> I had this, and I hated it. Did you really? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. You know, the kid bought you a present, and you hear bitch about it. You know what, Paul? Kick him in the nads. Please do. I don't have to. The Rams are already doing that. Yep. That's all you had to say? What about the bourbons you had? Um, what was this one? Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit. I like that. That was good. Didn't like the other ones? I'm not there yet. Did you try the Balvini 14 year? Yes. And? I enjoyed it. But this 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 hair in your chest. So maybe you're a scotch drinker, not a bourbon drinker. Good for you. Way more expensive habit. (laughs) It's like the Coke of alcohol. (laughs) Uh, I had three of the paper umbrellas from Goose Island. Um, tro- like I said, tropical IPA, four point four percent, thirty-eight IBUs, four point five percent. Sorry, uh, coconutty, pineapple-y, hoppy uh, paradise. Not very coconutty. You do get a little bit of the pineapple hint. Definitely kind of disappears more as it gets cold. Um, it's not my favorite Goose Island beer, but I can tell it's a well-crafted beer. Um, I'd give it three stars, and maybe would get it again. Maybe get it again. I think it's a good hot beer, hot weather beer. It's smooth. Yeah, yeah, it's smooth, 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 smooth. The uh, Kendall, do you, do you wish to review any of the browns that you had? So I only had the opportunity to have one today. Oh. I had a scotch. Uh, the Little Bay, Oban Little Bay. 
Uh, as an amateur scotch drinker, a, a big fan of uh, scotches, I, I have not a delved greatly into it. For what is considered um, a scotch made of uh, le- lesser, uh, you, you describe it better than I. Uh, it's the it's, a, it's like a, a blend of scotches that weren't good enough to to make the cut of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was just like a. It, it's the not that they're not good enough to make the cut. It's just not going the direction they want it to go. So because the fourteen's a staple, and it's a single, it's a it's an age statement scotch. So there's got to be, even though there's variant, there's got to be some consistency to it. So this is bottled otherwise. And yeah, so uh, it's a blend. So there's some eight year in it, and some ten year in and it. And it, it's very tasty. It, it hits like uh, many of the notes. Are like I had kind of the, that 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 fruit aspect that that you mentioned. The dried apricot. Very good, and uh, for me, not not this was a particularly smoky, uh, but there there has kind of like that that note that. that it hits you very early uh, in, in, in the, the mouth, if you will. And I enjoyed it a lot. Souls? I'd like to hit you in the mouth. Already went. Oh, not nice. No, what'd you have about the Oban? What'd you think? With my penis. Oh, come on. Not your style. family show. I don't really remember it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair to say. Uh, that doesn't mean it's bad. Matt, uh, Mock, where can they find us? They can find us at, I don't know. They can nope. find us at, at GSWD slash underscore four. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All those things. <laughs> you can find us at Facebook and Instagram at uh, Getting Sports with the Drunk. Also on Speaker. You can find us at Twitter, GSWD underscore four. Make sure to use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's sipping an array of fine brown liquors or enjoying some beers that your friend got you. Yeah. Thanks, yes, buddy. Yes, also on speaker. The Riddler came through a big time tonight on beer, and we are very appreciative. Basically, he did it like a reverse birthday, which is uh, <laughs> kind yeah, of interesting. Uh, well, I knew yes. you guys weren't getting me gifts, so I got you gifts. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got you a gift. You didn't get me shit. Do you want me, do you want me to tell you? Kyle, this is his I didn't get you shit. Do you want me to tell you what I got? You want me to pull up a picture <laughs> off Amazon of something I bought? Hold on. Let me search for it real quick. Nope. Oh, Chicago Bears all-time jersey. <laughs> Just every name and number <laughs> just a blend together. But listen, I, I do plan on getting you as much Bourbon County is available. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be. Well, this means I'm not going to we'll talk about line. it another yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but Run anyway, any any platform that you can find an internet radio show podcast, we're on. You know, Spreaker is our, our base. We are on it's Bourbon I- County season, by the way. Yes. Hey, also you, Spreaker. If you buy a Bourbon County and send it to GSWD, we will send you postage, and that's it. <laughs> no, I'll pay you for it. Send, send, if you get Bourbon County anywhere in the U.S., if you listen to this show and you can get your hands on Bourbon County. If you're in Chicago and you can get some of the shit from the brewery, I'll pay you triple what you paid for it. Send us a direct message on any of our social media. Because we care. iTunes, iHeart, Google Play, anything, we're, we're on all forms of where you can podcast. YouTube, you name it. Uh, YouTube, uh, our... Our page is coming live again very soon. Uh, we, we have some content on the way, uh, so be on the looks for that as well. The Ravens knocked Rudolph out, or knocked him unconscious. The Browns knocked him on his head. The Bengals knocked him out of a job. There you have it. And I believe, I'm just telling them this now, uh, we're going to shoot for January 11th for our first YouTube video. That's not true. <laughs> Got not, some time. I'm not doing outside shit in January. Doesn't have to be outside. You remember that? Uh, All right, that... we're gonna do a thirty rack competition. Remember the uh, drinking games, the Nike commercial, snow day commercial. Yeah, we could do that. Nope. <laughs> Fine, but you're in a Sue. Oh, I'm Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> All right, 
Well, thank you for tuning in to another live episode of Getting Sports Drunk. We hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving if yes. you celebrate. If not, enjoy your Thursday. And uh, we'll be bi- we'll be live next week for the first episode in December. We're getting to Christmas season. Yeah, We're also going to be picking names out of a hat next week for Getting Sports Drunk Secret Santa. That's a thing. It is now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, make sure to tune in every Monday for live fun stuff here on Getting Sports with Drunk. Until next time, I'm your host. Sco- <coughs> I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler. Nope. Big ball of souls. I'm your boy, Betty Frank. So happy. <laughs> and I'm the Red Baron. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.